On this episode, Andy and Dean make the drive to Paris, Kentucky for Primetime Wrestling's Hall of Fame show 2018. There, they cheer on their favorites and cheer on their boss. Welcome to the Road Home from Wrestling. Here in my car, I feel safest of all. I can lock all my doors and it's the only way live in cars. Well, all right, guys. We are headed home from another week at Primetime Wrestling. I got Dean in the car. What's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. What's going on? How you been? I've been doing all right, staying busy. Yeah? A little shoot life going on? All the kinds of shoot life going on. <laughs> so much shoot life, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. We may have another uh, guest join us later. We're not sure, but... Uh, but anyway, uh, we are headed home from Primetime Wrestling, coming to you live to tape from the Road Home from Wrestling World Mobile Headquarters, my white Honda, and uh, we are—we went to our first show in Paris, Kentucky, right, Dean? Yeah. Tell us about this venue and, and kind of what was going on tonight. I liked it. It was, a, it was smaller than uh, most of the venues that we've been to, but... I, I like the setup. It uh, reminded me a little bit of the, because uh, it was at a, kind of like a hall. It kind of reminded me of the UA2Z45 Zombie <laughs> Hall in Fairfield, Ohio. A little bit smaller, mm-hmm. but I liked it. I thought it was a, it was a good place. Uh, uh, I guess uh, they don't always do their DVD tapings there, and it was just out of necessity to do it do it at this location. But it was a cool venue. I liked it. Well, it, it's like the UAW 42069 Zombie Hall, but it has a lot more wood paneling, right? Yeah. Lots of wood paneling and a whole they lot. it up a little bit. Oh, and a whole lot more Dale Bass, too, you know? So uh, that's great. And all of Dale Bass's groupies. So tell us what this show was tonight, Dean. This was their Hall of Fame show. So we had a couple people inducted into the Hall of Fame tonight. Yeah, and one of the people, uh, we'll get to the the uh, inductees later, but we kind of had to come to the show, right? I mean, it was like, yes, you know, we, we had to come, and because that, we you know, we put on our Sunday best, right? Yeah, it's a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And we felt bad because at the NWF Hall of Fame show, which I don't think you made it to. I didn't even make um, it. Didn't even go, uh, so that's even double disrespect. But uh, I, I was dressed nice at my family Christmas. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we uh, did, uh, we, well, we went to that, or when I went to that, I think, I feel like Gary went to that or something, but anyway, I was there, and uh, I didn't even dress up, so we had to dress nice, we wore ties, and, uh, you know, we looked pretty good, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I think we looked fantastic. I think so, too, and if, of all the crowd members, I think we were the most over, and that's what being a crowd member is all about, so Getting we're going to talk, over. we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, so, uh, so, Dean, uh, tell us what was the uh, first kind of thing that happened tonight here. Uh, the first thing is that they played a video package to kind of introduce people who are not familiar with BTW to the people that were being inducted into this year's Hall of Fame. What'd you think of this video package? Maybe they rushed through it a little bit. Really? Yeah, I mean, it, it was well done, but it was kind of like, here, here's person number one, and here's something that they did. Here's person number two, and here's something that they did. It was like... They had, like, five minutes to tell you about three different people and kind of cram it all in together. Well, I appreciated the brevity. And uh, also, having done a little bit of video editing myself, I was very impressed with the video. I thought it was pretty good. Right on US-62. Okay, so that's not a way I can go. So, 
Um, they redid all the roads out here, and my GPS isn't very updated, so it's kind of wondering where I'm supposed to go, so we'll figure it out, but anyway, um, so, uh, let's see here, so what was the, um, the, who was the first inductee, I know we had DJ, uh, Otis Badass, we had him in the, um, you know, doing the announcing, the MC yeah. kind he of, would, right? he would, he would introduce the induct, uh, introduce basically the introducers, so he would say, this person's coming up, here's who they are, here's what they've done, and then that person would come in the ring, and then they would induct the Hall of Fame entry. Gotcha. So, uh, the, who was the first inductee, and who do we see in the, in the, uh, at the podium, uh, rented from Podiums R Us, right? At yes. At the Podium Rental Place, uh, you know. All um, podiums, all sizes. For any for occasion, any, right? any occasion. Yeah, so we had those, um, but, uh, tell me, what was the, uh, who was the first person inducted here? The first person to go into this year's Hall of Fame was Lady Perfection, mm-hmm. who was in- inducted by Calvin Smith. Yeah, and Calvin Smith seemed to be her significant other, um, and uh, that's the you know the only time we saw him tonight, right, Dean? Definitely no. See I, him I later. definitely think we saw him later <laughs> on in the night. But uh, yeah, so just a, th- a fan theory that we're working on. <laughs> Lady Perfection um, uh, was explained to us uh, by Larry uh, that he that she is ahead of her time. That she was like a a young you know lady that could go in a time when their, you know, women's wrestling was, uh, you know, mud pits and all Jello that, and, yeah, yeah, and all that kind of shit, so, um, it's kind of cool to see that, now, she was very emotional, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but she was already crying as soon as the video, uh, package played, so Yeah, there, she, there were a few people that were kind of tearing up a little bit and getting this, emotional. This was an emotional package. night, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, for a lot of reasons, so, um, one of those emotions was anger. Well, we'll talk about that a little later on. So, um, let's see here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she, uh, you know, who was the gentleman's name that inducted her? Calvin Smith. So Calvin Smith introduced her. She gave a very brief speech, uh, just basically said, thank you, right? Yeah. And then we moved on to the next inductee, right? Yes, we did. Wow. Well, um, so who was the next inductee? The next inductee was Dirty Chris Hayes. Who was inducted into the Hall of Fame by Mark Morris? Right. MTM. Yeah, MTM exactly, which is uh, ATM's father, and uh, M. His his name is three letters, five syllables. No, well, his, right. His, we just know Mark Morris, and I just added the T. As well, a, let's just say his middle name is T. Then he has three letters, five syllables, because it's A M T A M. Right? Yeah. There you go, man. Wow, that's tremendous. Uh, so, uh, tell us a little bit about this induction here. So, apparently, uh, I'm not familiar with uh, most of the inductees tonight, but uh, not only a wrestler himself, but uh, Dirty Chris Harris had been someone that had trained and molded a lot of the guys that are in PTW, guys that we are, we are more familiar with now, including uh, Maxwell Sled and Larry D. Yeah, and uh, this guy looks like he is in awesome shape. It looks like he could still go if he needed to. And uh, he gave a rousing speech. Uh, he reminded me of, like, a really great, like, college football coach, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And, um, you know, I want him to coach my team. So, um, he... <laughs> I would... Uh, that's probably a fact, you know. He, uh, he was pretty awesome. Um, not only did he 
kind of inspire us. Uh, you know, I suddenly wanted to like wrestle in a promotion that he was running. You know what I mean? As soon as because he was yelling at us about how you know uh, the the most important work. You know that the, there's wrestler. Yeah, you're a wrestler, but first you're a professional before you're a wrestler, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that was a pretty interesting theme tonight because Roger Ruffin talked about that as well. Is that uh, you know in order to be a wrestler, you have to respect. Uh, the sport that uh, it it represents, and also you know be a professional. Which it it is sounded great. like his speech came from somewhat contempt over the current state of the business, and he was reminding people that he wasn't like saying you guys are being good jobs. Make sure you keep doing this. Mm-hmm. He was reminding them of what they're supposed to have been doing. Is kind of the feel I got from it. With make sure you know it's professional wrestler. You're not guys who. You don't go out to the bar and tell everyone, oh, I'm a wrestler, I do this, because you're not. You had to be a professional to be able to do that. And it sounded like he was basically criticizing people that don't act that way without blatantly saying that. Well, the bottom line is is that every time you leave your feet as a wrestler, you, the other, your life's like in the other person's hands. You know what I mean? So there, the whole foundation of wrestling is based around that respect. The fact that you're, you know, you you're taking care of each other, and so folks that don't um, respect that, you know, don't really belong there. And so I think that's part of it as well. I recently saw a video that was uh, online going around of Loki uh, kicking um, uh, Chris Hero right in the face uh, during a match, and just like just being very unprofessional, you know. And uh, I think. Uh, it's just pretty bad, you know what I mean? That kind of thing when that happens, and so that's uh, that's a frustrating deal. But uh, but anyway, so they talked about that. Uh, he also mentioned that uh, you know he wanted to do three things in life. He wanted to be a good husband. He wanted to be a good friend. And he wanted to be a good Christian. I believe is what he said. And so that's you know three things that uh, are pretty respectful. So that was awesome. And um, I feel like he said one more thing right before. Well, he, he closed it out with. Uh how happy he was to be in this Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but his ultimate goal was to wind up in the Lord's Hall of Fame. Right. So, uh, so Dean, um, you had an idea about the Lord's Hall of Fame. Is that correct? I, I did. I, I think that that would be a very good heel stable to be led by Lord Crew. And we're already getting started on that tonight, later on. A so, bit, yeah. You yeah. know, the Lord's yeah. Hall of Fame will be... Will be Lord or uh, what? What? And it was the uh, the guys that used to do uh, like power lifting, and they would pray for the, oh, strength. the power team. Was it the power team, yeah. or was it the, the Lord's force? The, I think I think it was the power team. But uh, there was an episode of Workaholics where they did a rip off of that that were called the Lord's Force. Really? Okay. I, I saw the power team live once, um, <laughs> and uh, it was something else. Uh, it was a little weird uh, towards the end because they they kind of told the crucifix story, you know, the crucifixion story, while this guy is like ripping phone books and like and like breaking bats, you know, because he's he was accomplishing these in, this big like series of uh, of feats of strength. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It was a little weird, but, uh, at the same time, it's pretty cool. So, um, left on the 27. All right. So I took a way wrong turn and just added about 15 minutes to our trip. So I apologize guys, but you know what? Bonus content tonight, right? right. Free podcast. 
So anyway, all right, we're on the. Because you guys only paid for the first part, <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, well, uh, so after that, we had our uh, main event of our Hall of Fame, right? And that was uh, who was going in next? The man, Roger Ruffin. And who inducted the man, Roger Ruffin, Dean? The woman, Big Mama. That's right. Yeah, Big Mama. It's great to see her. Um, you know, she came in, she was a little emotional, uh, you know, at first, but she, you know, held it together, and she had a, uh, you know, preconceived speech. Yeah, she, she was more prepared for a speech, it was something like you would see, like, kind of reminded me of something you would give at a graduation, where it was very well prepared, mm-hmm. and it was, hey, I'm gonna, inter- I'm gonna induct you, I'm gonna go up and then we'll talk about you, and then you're gonna come up, it was, you know, she had quotes that she wanted to pull out, um, this person once said that this is this, and... So it was a little more prepared, a little more uh, standard of a speech. I think she was more prepared for her speech than Ricky was for his match tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's it. Well, uh, anyway, so she talked about, you know, all the things that, uh, you know, Rogers meant to her in her life and some of his accomplishments and whatnot. Um, one of these days we're going to get a long-form interview with Roger Ruffin, and we're going to talk about how he became a referee and you are, it's one of the coolest things ever. The, the way he kind of finagled his way into being a referee and everything, it's outstanding. So that's a great story, and I can't wait to kind of share that with everybody. But uh, Same way uh, Dennis Stamp did it. <laughs> it's ref my, my match. My, I'm not booked. I'm not going to be there. It's my last match, Roger. Come on. <laughs> that did not happen. But uh, anyway, we'll get that story out of him one day. But uh, anyway, so Roger came out. And after Big Mama introduced him, and he he kind of you know was like, man, uh, this uh, this Chris Hayes guy uh, needs to get his own shit because he basically had the same kind of speech that that guy had. But he did kind of mention that people say the word the business, the business. They talk about the business. He said our business is a sport, and he said it's the king of sports. Wait a second, is Roger watching New Japan Pro Wrestling now? I was blown away. And then in the next sentence, he referred to it as the business. So that was pretty funny, too. But uh, Roger gave a uh, great speech, and he means a lot to, uh, you know, this whole area as far as pro wrestling goes. And he has trained some of the biggest names to come out of our area, um, you know, including guys like Abyss and, you know, uh, Carl Anderson, yep. of course, and Jillian uh, uh, Hall and, and various others. So, you know, it's really great to see him get this accolade that he clearly, you know, uh, enjoyed. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, after that, what happened? We had uh, a bit of a break between the Hall of Fame and the actual show. Mm -hmm. So we got not once, not twice, but three times ICP, (laughs) let's go all the way, played. So we know that that's Dale Bass's Dale favorite Bass song. His that's song. his favorite song because he is a, he is a gigantic juggalo. Turn it up and put it on repeat. Did you go all the way? <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I just sat in my seat. But uh, but Dale Bass wants to go all the way in in all respects on everything in life. And he was going all the way. He had uh, that CD on repeat back there. That's crazy, right? Yeah. We'll pour it out, put it in, and we'll play it, put it on repeat, and then like it would stop. And then they would start to play another song, and then I think it started up again. It was Lowrider, too, right? He went back there and was like, who switched this? <laughs> now, we did not get the national anthem. We what did the not. Fuck? We, were in a, we were in a Legion Hall, and we didn't get the fucking national anthem. That's bullshit. But in the middle of a match, we oh, got the God. Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. 
So we and got then Dale Bass was egging on, and we got to talk about this. So let's go ahead and address this. Um, when we first got there, Tammy uh, of TNT Photos, uh, shout out to TNT. They, uh, she came up to me and said, oh, you've never been to a Paris show. Watch out for these guys. And there's this whole row of gentlemen, two rows of them, actually, on the left side uh, as we're facing the entranceway. And uh, they were extremely obnoxious fans. These were the kind of fans that when you go to a WWE show, they are ruining it for children, you know, and, like, and screaming nonsense for the whole show. Except these guys were, like... I, I, the amount of energy that they put into being obnoxious was like more energy than I put into anything. So at least you got to respect that a little bit. But yeah. um, other than that, these guys were kind of dicks. Uh, Dean, you were immediately annoyed, right? Yeah, I, I wanted to watch the matches, and it made it hard to focus on because they were. I mean, they to a degree they were entertaining. So I want, but I, it's hard to watch the match. I mean, other fans were getting irritated that they couldn't pay attention to the match. They weren't paying any respect to the guys that were in the match. And it's not like they like the, <coughs> they were yelling obnoxious things about the match. They would start singing the uh, Pledge of Allegiance yeah. or Take Me Out to a Ball Game or singing along the songs. Or, it was just ridiculous. And they were overpoweringly loud. That's the thing. Is that it's not like, you know, and we have it on good authority that even the folks that were in the ring working were having trouble hearing each other and hearing the rest of the crowd because of these dickheads. So, um, you know, that's that's uh, that's my words, not anyone else's. But uh, but that's, that's kind of frustrating. And, um, you know, I really hope, you know, when I see stuff like that, I just really hope that no point, anyone's ever looked at me and thought this, felt the same way that I felt about them. You know? <laughs> and I really hope that a wrestler has never looked at me and felt the disrespect that, you know, I felt wrestlers looking as they're looking over at these guys. You know what I mean? Because they were extremely disrespectful. Um, and it was kind of bullshit. So... Anyway, uh, so we'll, we'll uh, you know, pepper in a couple of jokes about these guys as we go forward, but they were mainly assholes, and we, we hope they, uh, well, I hope that they uh, get what's coming to them. So, anyway, uh, tell us what uh, kind of happened first, Dean. We had our first match. Well, we had the opening because it's a DVD taping, so we had a bit of an opening video, kind of uh, had the card, had guys saying, talking about the matches that were coming up, what they were going to do. But the first match we had was Reverend Ronnie Roberts going up against the returning A-T-M. That's right. The man with three letters in his name before syllables yes. returns tonight. Um, and here's the problem. Is it normally, you know, it's funny, I interviewed Larry D last night and I mentioned that I couldn't wait to hear the pop of the crowd when A-T-M comes out. And he said, you've never been to Paris before, have you? That's the first thing he said. So Paris, uh, you know, these, these gentlemen on the left-hand side were all cheering for the heels, basically. So, But they were cheering so loud, it was just you couldn't even hear the people cheering for the good guys. So in this case, uh, Reverend Ronnie, which, by the way, we tried to give Reverend Ronnie a donation. He's ignored us. He didn't even come around with the collection plate it's anymore. fucking ridiculous, man. You know, we're trying to give to the Lord. We're trying to do the good, the good things, you know, and we can't do it. He's getting in our way. So uh, that's a true heel. But uh, anyway, ATM came out, and the crowd was still going nuts for Reverend Ronnie Roberts. So it's a little kind of weird, and I don't know if I dig that too much. But uh, anyway, but they had themselves a hell of a match, right? They team? did, and it uh, should be noted the stipulation on the match was 
that the opportunity that Reverend Ronnie earned the way you're supposed to earn it to have a title shot at any given time this guy who's been on vacation just to, gets to come in and get a <laughs> shot to take that opportunity away from him it's kind of ridiculous. See, you, you don't think ATM deserves that? He didn't earn it. He wasn't in the match. He deserves a chance at next year's match, next year's opportunity okay. offering. Well, guess what, Dean? We don't get to decide what people deserve, so it doesn't matter true. what we think. You know, but, uh, but anyway, well, yeah, so that was the stipulation of the it, match. It would be like if somebody came, someone who used to work with you, goes on vacation, comes back, and then they have a shot at your vacation time that you have rightfully earned. <laughs> What's, but, okay, I oh, guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But then shoot for 10 purposes. But I earned that vacation time. Well, we're, I mean, we're going to give this guy an opportunity to take it from you. So, <laughs> what yes. world. And, and uh, that disembodied voice you're hearing doesn't belong to anyone, so just in case anyone's wondering. But, uh, anyways... <laughs> The uh, but man, we had some great action in this match. Um, you know, uh, gosh, one of the first things that happened though was Reverend Ronnie went to the he got he got uh, like whipped to the outside basically, but he got his foot tangled in the that ropes. was an awesome oh spot. Oh my god, that looked it's, uh, he missed a high knee, which is how he had one foot up to That's hook right. the rope and then go over. He hooked his foot, and ATM and the ref had to help him get out of it because uh, it was. It looked like a hurt, like a yeah. bitch. Dude. And I've heard a guy say, like, that's that, that's a spot that we do. We know it's coming. But it still hurts. The ropes will yeah. wrap around your leg. And you could tell, yeah, it definitely was not a comfortable. Well, and luckily those PTW ropes are a little loose, actually, normal, yeah. normally. So, uh, anyway, but, uh, but man, that was uh, that was something else. I know we had uh, ATM go for a powerbomb on the outside. He was going to do a power, an apron powerbomb. Kind of Reverend Ronnie kind of slipped out of his uh, grip a little bit or something, yeah. And they went crashing to the ground and hope you know they were both okay, but that that looked pretty rough right there. Uh, we did get uh, ATM's basement cutter, and it's great because he tried to set it up like twice, and Reverend Ronnie cut him off, you yeah. know, which was good. He set him up for that his Death Valley driver quite a few times. Yes, too. yes. <coughs> Reverend Ronnie had the wherewithal to escape. Well, he was trying to get this match ended, you know. And they went like 16 minutes, too, I think is what Dale yeah, Bass said. Yeah, they went said, for a you while. Know? So uh, they, they really went after it. Um, you know, uh, I really enjoyed this match. It was great to see ATM back. I wish it was at Georgetown, though, just because the Georgetown crowd is so much behind ATM. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been nice to see him return there. Because, like, he does this thing with his entrance where his music plays, and then he just kind of, like, appears. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how he does it, but he just kind of appears and just stands there with that, like, steely stare that he has. And, um... He just soaks it in. Yeah, and when he does that, like, in Georgetown, it's just, oh, it's it's freaking awesome. So, uh... Yeah, and usually in Georgetown, we also get to see Fight Everybody Guy, and I enjoy seeing Fight Everybody. Fight Everybody Guy. That guy's the best. So, uh, he's the one that Lord Brew made disappear. So... Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, tell us, uh, you know, what other notes do you have from the match? One, one thing that I remember is usually he doesn't, when uh, Reverend Ronnie goes for his strike, I feel like he usually pulls the glove out of his tights or something and puts it on. That's how I always remember it happening. Mm-hmm. But tonight, he started the match with the glove on and took it off to hit that. I think you're misremembering uh 
I think he always takes the glove off. That's what I. That's what I remember. So. Okay. Um, that, it's very possible. I couldn't be misremembering, but that's just one thing that came to mind towards the closing parts of the match. Notice how I danced around saying you're wrong. Yeah. By saying you, you misremember. You misremember. <laughs> very like political of me. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know. Well, you gotta try that next time. <laughs> I think you misread how fast I was going off. <laughs> Am I free to go? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, um, what was the finish of the match, Dean? We had interference from Ricky Cardinal to come out uh, and stop the match. Or basically, he had the, he was distracting uh, the ref. He had the title in his hand. <coughs> ATM was kind of yelling at him on the apron. Reverend Ronnie hit ATM in the back, which pushed him into Rookie Cardinal in the title belt, and then uh, Reverend Ronnie hit the baptism and got the pin. Yeah, so we had uh, our first little shenanigans to set up what happens later on. Uh, you know, we had Ricky Cardinal come out, try to get some revenge on ATM, and he got a little bit of revenge, huh? Yeah, well, it was it revenge or just planning ahead, because I don't... I can't think of what the revenge is from. Well, because they have a feud that's gone back a long time, so that's that's kind of it. I don't know if he's getting revenge so much as... Just, yeah, continuing know, the feud. Yeah, yeah okay, I got gotcha. I mean, you know, you could have been like, you know, I think, Andy, you misremembered that part. You know, that would have been nice instead of just, you know... Am I misremembering or are you misremembering? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, what was the second match, Steve? <laughs> Uh, the next match was uh, Nate Gnarly with Lexi Green mm-hmm. going up against Fozo the Clown. Yeah, Fozo. Now, um, I think the first thing that happened was Nate Gnarly told me something I already know. Um, he came up to me and he pointed at Lexi Green and he said, She's too much woman for you. Or no, he said, You're not enough man to handle that. And I said, Yeah, that's probably yeah, I said, enough, I said yeah. That's fair. You know, I was in, you know, he didn't know what to do with that, did he? You know, yeah. so, <laughs> that was great. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I think you're misremembering uh, Nate. <laughs> I think that's making my head go in so many different places. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So uh, I like I like them a lot, and it's great to see uh, Nate. And uh, unfortunately, this match uh, ended a little early, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah. Uh, so Dean, can you describe for the audience Fozo? Uh, he's a clown. He's kind of a, uh, a generic, uh, Bozo the Clown. Mm-hmm. But he comes out, and I feel like he should be more of a heel character because he has a stun gun. Yeah, that's cheating, right? That's cheating. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, he, he, uh, yeah, he has a stun gun, which, which Larry told me about. He said he's felt that stun gun. It was a legit stun gun, too, by the way. Unless they, they may have gimmick stun guns, but I, I don't know. This thing, like, crackled and made the, like, little Yeah, I think it's a, it's a legit stun gun, but it also has a very precise on-off trigger to where when it's touching somebody, it's just not going to be on. <laughs> well, the first thing that uh, Fozo did when he got in the ring was he tased himself. So that was that was interesting, yes. um, and he uh, he hit the mat and then got right back up. And you suspect that Fozo might have a different identity, right? Yes, it is my it is my guess that Fozo was one of the earlier people that inducted some Hall of Fame. I think it could have been Calvin Smith. What? Oh my God! 
I was hoping it was Brandon Tagger, but it was Brandon Tagger. <laughs> he, was, he was not too tall. He wasn't big and bad, so, you know. Fozo has not been Abyss. <laughs> That's true. Or Eric Ryan. But, Eric uh, Young? Uh, the Eric Young, yeah. He didn't beat Eric Ryan either, so. No. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> anyway, well, so this match was just getting going. Um, we had a lot of, uh, you know, Nate and Lexi kind of taking a powder to stay away from Fozo. Lexi Green looked deathly afraid of Fozo at one point. Yeah, she told us she didn't like clowns. She didn't like clowns. Yeah, she, she's a little scared of clowns. So I, I wanted to be like, well, one did your makeup. So. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> That was just like the quick. Holy shit. I thought of that like 10 seconds too late to say it. <laughs> Well, I, I have an interesting story about clowns and girls. You want to hear this? This is nuts. Okay. So, um, my my ill-fated love life doesn't really make it on the podcast very much because it's mainly depressing. But this is pretty funny. So, um, one time I was I was on a date. Gosh, uh, will this be funny? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We'll talk to the guy that edits it and cut it out. <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. I have to go. I have to go. But uh, anyway, so I'm on this date with this girl. It's a first date, and. We're eating at some steakhouse or whatever, and there was a picture of a, cl- a clown on the wall, and she starts like physically being <coughs> upset. I can tell that she is upset, and I'm thinking, "Oh my god, what did I do?" And she's like, "Can I trade seats with you?" I said, "Sure." So she goes to the other side of the booth, and she said, "I just can't look at that clown." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." And this is on a first date. She explains to me that she had a. Um, she was uh, she had a problem with a clown when she was younger um, that was not good. We'll just put it that way. Uh, I don't want to get into it. It's not a funny thing, but it's definitely not something you want to bring up on a first date. Oh, you know what I mean? Story. Holy shit! And it kind of just ruined everything. And uh, we were having such a good time until that fucking clown, you know, showed up. And uh, reminded this this young woman about uh, something that happened to her when she was younger, apparently from a clown. So uh, can't trust clowns, guys. First clowns of all, terrible. yeah. And not only that, but definitely talk about stuff like that on your first date because that's that's how you you know if you're a young lady you out, out there, there. You're, if you're single and you're trying to you know trying to win the affection of someone, definitely tell them terrible stories from your past, uh, how you were you know abused or something like that because that's definitely a turn on. You know, super hot. You know, it was awesome. But uh, anyway, so now that I've completely That's buried how I myself, treat the road over wrestling podcast. I feel like you've got to be a couple dates in before you unload that you're going to wrestling shows every weekend, That's and true. recording it on a podcast. That's true. Draw it out a little bit. You that would have been get them invested. Well, in the reverse, it would have been like a picture of Hulk Hogan on the wall, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just distracted. I'm distracted. Hulk Hogan's on the wall over there, and when he I was, was young, supposed to be a good guy, and then he joined the he NWO. joined the NWO. <laughs> Anyway, oh my god, uh, we, we just, uh, the podcast is, we're going to lose a lot of listeners after that, so. Uh, edit, edit. <laughs> my, uh, my grandma used to do, like, uh, she would dress up as clowns and go to, like, children's hospitals and stuff. She was a nurse, and she took, uh, well, my parents took my brother, I don't think I was even born yet, or I was really young, I wasn't there, to the circus. She took him and he had his face painted as a clown makeup. And he started crying because he was afraid that my parents wouldn't recognize him. So she had to go, like, after she paid to have his face painted like a clown, she had to go take him to the bathroom and scrub it off of his face so he would stop crying. He wasn't crying because he looked like Lexi Green? No. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Anyway. He he doesn't know Lexi Green. Now you can edit that story. (laughs) 
first one out. I don't know. I think I'm going to leave it. Fuck it. Why not? But, uh, anyways. Sensitive subject. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Eh, who cares? Anyway, so, um, it, 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 what was the, so we're right in the middle of this match, and, um, you know, we had some good stuff going on, but then, you know, the match kind of ended abruptly. Um, Fozo was on the apron. And Nate Gnarly was on the mat on the outside, and Fozo did kind of a flying, like, clothesline. Crossbody. Yeah. It looked it, like he was supposed to take out both Lexi and Nate, but mm-hmm. Lexi, being afraid of clowns, moved out of the way. Yeah, well, maybe she's got a history. But, uh, the... <laughs> I'm so fucked. Anyway, so the uh, this is Every, a, everyone gets one or maybe two. <laughs> this is by the way, this podcast is uh, teaching a lesson on how to be single and stay single. So anyway, I'm but, really good at that. <laughs> me too, brother. But anyway, so uh, uh, he he, you know, Nate Gnarly took this clothesline kind of goofy, and man, he went down right on his head on the mat. And then they started to stall a little bit, right? And they were kind of avoiding each other, and, you know, and then Nate made his way up in the corner, and he said something about how he can't feel something, and he just looked out of it. So the match got stopped, right? Yeah, the, the ref called for the bell, and everyone was kind of like not, it didn't even look like Fozo knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then he started to kind of raise Fozo's hand, but then he didn't, and then uh, was like, totally, he looked at uh, Nate, he was like, just get out of the you gotta get out of here, uh, or go, and then Lexi went over, and I heard him say to Lexi, I can't feel my leg, or I can't, I can't feel it, and I couldn't make out what he said, but he couldn't feel a part of his body, and then rolled out of the ring, and then it looked like he tried to sell a little bit, like oversell the fact that, oh, no, I'm really injured, because he, they kind of were, like, helping him walk a little more, but then he started walking himself after he took a couple steps, but I don't know how serious the issue was. I think somebody said that he just was, like, really dizzy and kind of knocked out and didn't know where he was. I don't know the extent of the issue of what happened. Well, there is a uh, kind of something from the history of our podcast that lets us know about, you know, how dangerous wrestling is. And taking a flatback bump, you know, if you over-rotate just a little bit... You get knocked the fuck out. So, uh, which, you know, we witnessed a buddy of ours get knocked the fuck out that way. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it just, you know, it's a real, I mean, you know, you see simple bumps and they look easy. And, you know, this is why I don't try this shit because I'll kill myself, you know. And uh, it's just over-rotate just a little bit and you're on your head, you know. So I think that's what happened to Nate. Um, and I uh, hope he's okay and everything. We did see him a little later that we'll talk about, but uh, I hope he's good. Match was ended and moved on to match number three, right, Dean? Well, we had a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did? We did. We had a single intermission already. Wow. After three, that's that's matches, right? That went quick. That was just uh, just two, two, yeah, just two. Okay, well, Reverend Ronnie, yeah. Nate, and then wow. well, we're, I, I I misspoke right before uh, I misremembered that. <laughs> it was right before the intermission that we had a bit of a promo to let us know, like Nate being taken out. They filled with this promo gotcha. of Abyss uh, making his return to PTW coming up here in a couple months. That's pretty cool, huh? That is pretty cool. Yeah, I've well, seen him come back to this area a lot lately. I think he lives. Somewhere in northern Kentucky, kind of. So I think that's uh, that's why we're seeing him a lot in Kentucky. But uh, it's great. You know, uh, Abyss is obviously somebody that's real close with Roger Ruffin, someone we've seen a lot of NWF. So it's good to see him. But, uh, yeah, so then we had... 
And uh, we got a little visit from uh, the man with three uh, letters in his name and four syllables, right? Yeah. ATM came over, you know, gave us the bro hug, and uh, we talked to him for a little bit, uh, talked about his match, and uh, talked about a couple other things, and uh, he is actually going to be my guest this Monday on uh, Facebook Live at 8 o'clock. It's going to be me and ATM talking all things pro wrestling, but mainly about him and his life in pro wrestling. Pro pro wrestling is what I was trying to say. I misspoke and misremembered the word. Um, So uh, that's going to be awesome. Tune in to Drusifer Jones on Facebook for that. And uh, that was all that happened during... That is. All right, awesome. So after we had uh, we had uh, our next match, right, Dave? We did. This was the match between the legendary Larry D and the King of the Fight Titan. Yeah, friends become enemies. Not just King of the Fight. He's also the Sultan of Sucket. He's the champion of Chud and various other uh, alliteration, uh, three word like alliteration things. So that was pretty cool. And um, you know, Larry D came out. And he was immediately annoyed with the people uh, that were screaming yeah. obnoxious stuff, right? You could this, just this, see this it in was his one eyes. of the matches that I had trouble focusing on because this is this was when they were doing taking out to the ball game. Yes, yes. <coughs> um, good lord! Uh, but uh, this was a big match for Titan. I don't know if you noticed this, Dean. Titan lose a little weight, man. Oh yeah, he's you know? definitely been slimming down. He's uh, you know uh, less beer, less uh, steaks. He's definitely, you know, eating the chicken and the spinach, and maybe, maybe he's maybe a little uh, bit of fish. Maybe a little fish. <laughs> a sandwich, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, this was awesome, and this is a fun match for Titan to be in, you know, uh, because you know he he's one of these guys that really wants to go with uh, the best opponents. So it's good to see him get to go with uh, somebody like Larry now. The crowd was so obnoxious during this match, you could see it on the wrestlers' faces, right? Yeah. I mean, Titan was They were chanting for pissed. the ref? Yeah, the ref. Good Lord. I, <coughs> I mean, there was one funny thing about that, is that they were chanting for the ref, and, I mean, we're talking like 30 or 40 people going, ref, 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 you know, as loud as they can. And I'm not saying a little bit loud. I'm saying as loud as they possibly can. Um, it's insane how loud these guys were. And they're chanting for the ref, and it was it was high pitched ref tonight, high pitched voice ref. Uh, you know, we didn't get to see uh, that ginger ref, Cody. Uh, but uh, and he was there was a rope break in the corner, and those guys were like, "Good call, ref. Good call." And they clapped for the ref, and that was kind of funny. But other than that, it was just annoying. Yeah. Um, so, what kind of notes do you have from this one? Uh, there there was a spot at the beginning where they were not. You see it all the time with the running the ropes, with the flips and ducks and kicks and stuff going back and forth, where they kind of stop, square off, and then they take a break and everyone kind of applauds that sequence. Uh-huh. We had kind of a similar situation like that, but it was just like them both throwing their heavy striking clotheslines. They were getting blocked, ducked, and then they both were like mid-punch, and then they kind of stopped and kind of squared off with each other. It was great, it was almost man. like Predator. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> One of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger lines is is from Total Recall when he shoots his wife like 50 times. He's like, consider this a divorce. Like that. That's tremendous. I love that. Let's do an episode just on great one-liners. Hey, we could do that I think you should. Chill. Just chill. I just watched that the other day on Netflix. Oh, no. 
Wow. I miss the era when when an actor had a specific line he said in every movie. Yeah. I'll be back, right? I'll be back. Yeah. Get down. And Van Damme was, trust me. Is it? Trust me. Okay, I gotcha. Get to the chopper. Yeah, the chopper and... You know, if you want to live, come with me, all that. I, I mean, that's good stuff. I, I loved Arnold back in the day. He was one of my favorites until I saw Steven Seagal. And then I was like, oh, he doesn't even attack anybody. Everyone attacks him. He's the best. I love Steven Seagal. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a stand-up that has this uh, bit where he talks about Steven Seagal, and it's really, really funny. He's like, that. He's actually a cop in Louisiana. He's a, a real yeah, life cop. Yeah, he is. Cop. I watched the show. Yeah, it's awful. And he was like, they had a they had a day where they said we're gonna go work on learning our hand to hand combat, and Steven Seagal is gonna be teaching the class. And he's like, he's like that's like if Captain Kirk went and taught the guys at NASA. It's not real. What he's not allowed <laughs> to do. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so where are we, Dean? Bring me back in here. Where are we? We're in the middle of this uh, this match, right? Yeah, we just had the uh, exchange of strikes and blocks that ended with them half-throwing punches and kind of eyeballing each other and then kind of taking a step back. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? <clears throat> <laughs> and all the while, while this is going on, this this crowd is getting more and more out of control, right? They they did they sung the alphabet. Yeah. And Dale Bass is over in the corner doing the alphabet with them. Fucking Dale Bass was egging these guys on. He was singing along with them whenever they sing a song. They did the Pledge of Allegiance in the middle of a match and he put his hand over his heart and started doing it. Like (laughs) I think he was like pointing at the flag too, like yeah. You suspected that th- that these guys were actually Dale Bass's drug dealers. Yes. That's what you suspected, because we know Dale Bass does Those guys so party. many drugs. I mean, he's just, like, always drugged up. So, um, you know, we didn't know what kind of drugs these guys were going doing, but, you know, probably, like, Uppers. yeah, like Molly or something like that, right? You know, that's code for ecstasy, which is code for drug. So. <laughs> I don't know any up-to-date terms. <laughs> so, what was that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what happened next? Uh, at, at one point, that Titan was able to lock on his armbar onto Larry D. Uh, Larry D actually pow- picked him up with the armbar on and powerbombed him. And this is when Larry <coughs> got pissed and finally lost his shit, didn't he? Yeah. And what happened? He basically, I think the crowd was yelling, like, boring or something, and like, as he was getting up, he said, you don't work here, or you're not booked tonight, or whatever, something to him. He said, you're not working tonight, is what he said. Yeah. And they actually, these fucking assholes actually said, who's tired of watching this? And the whole bunch of them put their hands up. Fucking yeah. dicks. And you don't like, like it, go home, you know? Sorry. The, uh, the the uh, the crowd that came to watch wrestling did pop, and he was like, "You're not booked tonight." And yes. Like, yes. Yeah, we were like, "Yeah, that's right." And they shut the fuck up after that for a little while, right? Yeah, for a little while. Yeah, it didn't take long for him. You know, then Dale Bass was like, "Hey, you guys, got any more of that drug?" Larry you know? D's. Larry D's just he's not. He says that's everybody. Just keep <laughs> A B C D. Ridiculous. Oh my god. Uh, so what happened after that? Uh, that would lead towards the to, uh, to the end of the match where Larry D would hit his spear on Titan and that would get the three count. Yeah. 
So uh, Titan, uh, you know, gets respect from Larry after the match. I think Larry raised his hand. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a hell of a match. That was really good. I know that uh, during that whole exchange where they were blocking stuff, too, Larry went for the, uh, the pop-up uh, punch, you yeah. know, and he caught the pop-up punch, which was uh, Titan caught his fist, which was pretty cool. I mean, that whole blocking sequence, I think, was the highlight of the match. I really yeah. liked that. So, uh, what was next, Dean? Next was an Ironman match, a 30-minute Iron match to figure out who would leave Paris, Kentucky with the Elite Championship. Yeah, Elite title match. Uh, we have the competitors was uh, Ricky Cardinal, who came out first, right? And uh, that's that's never a good sign if your, your champion's coming out first. You know, he's supposed to have the champion's interest, but he did not. So uh, we had uh, <clears throat> him versus the baddest man alive, uh, Boss Man Aaron, as he's known on the IWA episode. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, he's, uh, what is it? Uh, he's the baddest man in the world. He's the boss man in our heart or something like that. Baddest man in your program, boss man in your heart. I don't know. It's not good. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, with it. <laughs> so, this is a 30-minute Iron Man match with Ricky Cardinal. So, uh, you know... We know there's going to be some shenanigans, right? Yeah. You know, and this I, is I, another match where those asshole fans are chanting, "Do something!" You're not yes. doing. It's a 30 minute match. It's it's going to go 30 minutes. It yeah. doesn't matter what they do now or what they don't do now. You're getting 30 minutes of wrestling. You know, I don't know if you know this, Dean, <laughs> but Mrs. Ricky Cardinal is sitting right next to me. She kind of yeah. and she actually uh, challenged you to a fight. Uh, she, you said something, uh, you know bad about Ricky, or you you booed him or something, and she said, she says, does he want to go out in the parking lot right now? Oh, so it was after, it was after the match where people were yelling at ATM, and she said, oh, he wasn't going to win anyway, and I was like, you shut your mouth. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and she goes, do you want to go out in the parking lot? Which was tremendous, so uh, that was fun. She handed you the baby, it was like, hold, <laughs> thanks buddy. Hold this. <laughs> that's awesome. So now, um, now because we had this bizarre crowd here tonight, um, I would have to say that this was a uh, heel-loving crowd. Man, they loved Ricky, right? And uh, a lot of them were not familiar with Aaron Williams, but uh, Aaron Williams is uh, a getting-over machine. So, you know, what he wanted to do was try to get over with these guys. Even the fans that were being shitheads, he wanted to get over with them as well. And he did his best. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, man. These guys are just, uh, the only, they were marks for themselves, so I don't know that the, anybody else is going to get over with them. Uh, except Lord Crew, who seemed to get over with them huge tonight, other than that. But, uh, anyway, so I took pretty copious notes on this. Um, now, Dean, you, uh, we, we talked about, uh, you know, timing it, right? To see if it was, uh, a gimmick to, you know, like, work time or not. What, what did you come out with there, you know? A little, a little off. A little off? By how long? About five or six seconds. There was still time for him to lock on a submission. Well, or... see, when you're on lots of drugs, it affects your, your perception of time. Yeah. And so Dale Bass was just off by a couple seconds because he was so hyped up from all the drug he was on. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's what it was. But, uh, you know, these things happen. You know, you do drugs. It's going to happen, You yeah. get wasted. It happens. So, uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, so tell us kind of what the opening of the match was like. Uh, a lot of Aaron in the first part of this match. 
a lot of uh, his kicks, a lot of different stuff. I'm going to re read through your notes. I'm not remembering a lot about it right at the top of my head. Well, we had lockups and, and you know, kind of uh, trading holds at first, as usual. Um, some, like, pinning combinations, I think. And then we had strikes from Aaron, right? Yes. We uh, On the outside of the ring, Aaron uh, went for his money. Unfortunately, uh, he, he missed it. Uh, <coughs> Ricky was able to get out of the way, but was not really, it was kind of defense, not a lot of offense from Ricky. Well, after he got out of the way, then Aaron was able to grab his arm and do the old get over here, although he didn't yell get over here. Uh, you know, we, we had a, a kind of lack of yelling random stuff from, you know, Aaron. He just assumed that, like, well, these guys over here are handling that for me tonight. You know, they're yelling all the random crazy shit, so I don't have to yell anything, you know. It seems um, wise. <laughs> so we didn't get the get over here, but that's okay. We did get gotcha sucker, didn't we? We got gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. It was a gotcha sucker. <laughs> um, I did correct Hokai, the uh, the giffer guy, by the way. He had uh, posted a gif of Aaron doing the gotcha sucker cutter. And he called it some bullshit, you know? And I was like, no, it's called the Gotcha Sucker Cutter. Silly. GSE. <laughs> believe that guy. <coughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, they were on the outside. They brought a little bit on the outside, is that right? Yeah, they were fighting on the, on the outside uh, for the opening part of the match. And then as they started going back in the ring, uh, Ricky was kind of grabbing the ref and trying to get the ref to help him or what have you, and he was keeping himself in between Aaron and the referee, and when Aaron went to grab Ricky from behind, uh, Ricky took the opportunity to cheat, <laughs> swung back that leg, uh, caught Aaron low, and then he got, uh, you know, he went ahead, he went up by one with a pinfall. And you saw that coming a mile away, didn't you? A little bit. Yeah, you saw, you saw him messing with the ref, and you were like, uh-oh, low blow, and then there was a foot in the ball, so... Yeah. It's unfortunate. I don't understand why there's so much ball trauma in wrestling. You know, it's it's a problem, I think. It's a little too much ball trauma, you know? Um, Especially in my case. I know, right? It's just always getting the ball trauma. Um, you know what Maria calls it? Making what? nut butter. So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so. <laughs> anyway, um, so, I have not heard that yet. No, yeah, that's a new thing she's doing. So, uh... Anyway, not the dick kick, but the uh, nut butter is what she's calling it now. So uh, it's, it's it's pretty accurate. It's just giving most of the fans something they can relate to because a lot of guys know. Yep, that would that would that would put me down. That's legit. Well, you know, it's the it's the whole. We've talked about it before. How you know men's testicles are all psychically linked. So when we see <laughs> someone get kicked in the balls, it's like we're all getting kicked in the balls. So. Um, and we never did get to the bottom of that, uh, whether women's boobs are psychically linked. Mm. You know? I will have to get to the bottom of that. I wish I knew a girl. Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> see, see, see the beginning of the podcast where we talked about being single. <laughs> anyway, I wish someone could come up with me. <laughs> no, I have a serious question I have to answer you. I need you to pay attention right now. <laughs> if you see another girl get smacked in the chest, do you feel it? Quit looking at that picture of the clown. Now listen. <laughs> Oh. So. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so uh, let's see here. So we we had our first fall, like you said, and that was Ricky cheating like a jerk, like a big yeah. jerk with a beard and ball. Stupid. Anyway, he uh, he cheated, got the the pin on Aaron, and then we had uh, some kind of heat on Aaron a little bit, I think, right? And well, he tried to get he got the first pin, and then he tried to pin him 
right away again. <laughs> smart, kind of smart, you know. It's a double tap. I, I do wonder why, you know, that doesn't happen more in these kinds of matches, but uh, but that was fun. Now, Aaron has worked uh, the Iron Man match several times, uh, fairly recently, and um, you know, I, I think at Pittsburgh he did the 60-minute Iron Man match actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's had a couple other Iron Man there matches. There was one with Gresham, right? Yeah, Gresham. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's another one in there somewhere. But uh, but uh, anyway, um, so he's kind of knows what he's doing as far as these matches go. you got to pace yourself a little bit because you got to go for 30 minutes. I mean, I can't even go for one minute. So, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Let alone 30 of them in a row. So that's a tough deal right there. And, uh, you know, there was a couple rest spots, but I didn't really notice a ton of that did you no there, there weren't a lot of spots where like and sometimes you'll see like a double clothesline where both guys get a chance to lay down and catch their breath there weren't a lot of spots that were like that yeah the i mean it was like kind of they use like double down type spots to rest instead of like a, a chin lock or something like that you know what i mean which was 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 smart or, you know, uh, one guy's down on the outside, the other guy's kind of in the ring, you know, standing around type of thing. So yeah. that, that worked out pretty well, and I thought they kind of hid the resting really well, which is something that's hard to do in a match like that. So, uh, anyway, so what else? What happened next, Dean? Uh, I, at one point when they were fighting on the outside, uh, Aaron decided that if Ricky wasn't going to play it clean, he didn't have to either, and he went and got his nunchucks. Yeah. And now the ref wanted to follow the rules. Yeah, all of a sudden he's like, no, we can't use the nunchucks. What is up with these refs getting out of the ring? Stay in the ring. What are you going to do outside the ring? You know? You can see from inside the ring. What What are you, what are they doing? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not licensed in Kentucky, though. Well, I am, and I still don't know. You know, so that's how tough it is, uh, you know, uh, to figure these things out. Anyway, um, we did, uh, I was talking to Larry last night about, you know, like these violations, like, uh, you know, with the commission, like, uh, f- you know, Fozo with this, uh, with this, this taser that he uses and everything. I was like, man, he's, isn't he going to get in trouble with the commission? And, uh, Larry's like, I don't know. And I said, well, maybe he just has to pay an extra 25, you know? Yeah. Like he said, prob- probably. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. I just had to bring that joke it's back. It's government. So. You can <laughs> grease it, brother. <laughs> Fozo lost his license, and now only Calvin Smith can wrestle. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, anyway, um, oh yeah, by the way, just to mention, speaking of Kentucky licenses, uh, Lexus Montez, two-time NWF Unified Champion, is now licensed in Kentucky. So, just FYI, look the fuck out, because he's going to be showing up down south now. So, I hope he knows how to wrestle. We know he knows how to wrestle, but does yes. he know how to wrestle? I guess we're going to find out, right? Very different things. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, tell us what else happened, Dean. So we had the eye poke. Uh, we had eye the uh, eye rake. We had uh, he did, Aaron went for uh, an Aaron's splash because he never even became Sting. That's right. <laughs> Sting would have hit it. <laughs> well, you know. Touche. So, yep, uh, he didn't disappear, become Sting, but uh, did go for the Aaron Splash in the corner, didn't get it. Ricky's out of the way. And what happened after that? I mean, there, there were a bunch of spots where I thought Aaron was going get, to get a three count. There were German suplexes. There were... Tiger suplex? Is that right? They have uh, a Sato double, suplex. Double underhook. 
Which yeah. one's that? Isn't that a tiger suplex? Uh, in a different version, it's a tiger. Okay. All and right. then the German, it's a tiger. Okay. What is the... That uh, one's a butterfly, I think. It's okay, like. gotcha. Butterfly suplex. All right. Saito well. suplex, S-A-I-T-O. Which one is that, though? That was the one... That's like the one that Joe does. You know, where he's got him on the side and, like, flips over on the side. Okay. And he got that for a two. He had the the butterfly suplex for a two, and uh, various other lot of suplex. Yeah, yeah. lot of suplex. And, and then he went to Old Faithful with the roundhouse kick. Yeah, right to the head. Tied it up. And uh, we had one to one, right? Yeah. And this is getting real close to the end of the match, right? Yeah, I so, mean, there's like four so minutes So I'm thinking left. we're going to run out of time, and then it's going to have to go into sudden death. Yeah, and uh, we get down to just a couple seconds left, um, and uh, ATAM runs in, and tell us kind of how this worked. This was a little bit, there was a couple steps here, right? Yeah, well, initially it looked like uh, Ricky had grabbed the title belt, was going to use the title belt to his advantage, try and take uh, another cheap shot on Aaron, and then ATM came out to stop Ricky from using the title belt, and then why he was out there decided to pumble Ricky, just pumble him in the ring and take kind of his revenge for what had happened earlier, where he cost ATM his match. So he helped Ricky win. Yeah, it's almost like you know he wanted to make sure that Ricky kept the title so that he could go after the title from Ricky. You know what I mean? It was it was weird. I you know, ATAM is a good guy, and that's not a very good guy thing to do. Not anymore, he's not. No, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so he robs Aaron of this victory. Uh, we end end things with a tie, I guess. Or no, no, no. Ricky wins Ricky because wins. Aaron is DQ'd for the final fall, right? Yeah, that's what it is. So final fall is Aaron is DQ'd because he got help. And they are announcing this whilst there is still. Five seconds on the clock. I know, right? Jump in the gun, Dale. Dale was all wasted, and he's like all sped up, and he's like, oh my god, I gotta ring the bell now, because I gotta get in the back and do some more drug, you know, but, uh, (laughs) so, uh, that was, that was pretty great, um, and it was a hell of a match, um, Aaron Williams, uh, was no longer the baddest man alive, he was the angriest man alive, and he had quite the, uh, Quite a few words for Mr. ATAM. Man, he was screaming at him. You screwed me, brother, I think. Yeah. And, and they started uh, brawling a little bit in the ring themselves, right? They did. And then kind of rolled to the outside, broke it up. ATM made his way to the back. And that was kind of, kind of the end of that yeah. for tonight. For tonight, that's right. And uh, after that, we got to the devil in a restaurant. <laughs> So uh, during I went to the back and I got some pizza. Um, Jealous. I know, and uh, I am just getting fatter and fatter every day. Just can't stop eating bread and stuff like that. It sucks, but uh, I know it's the best thing ever. And um, I'm on the energy drinking fast food diet. Yeah, it's not good either, Dean. We're both gonna die very soon. So I'm trying to make my heart run very, very fast. If you are on that energy drink train, you need to get a hold of those bangs. Bang, huh? Yeah. Okay. Is there an energy drink that's more of a supplement drink than it is an energy drink? Okay. Well, uh... You can jump on that joke. Don't tonight brought to you by Bang. So, uh, there's that, but... (laughs) 
Um, Double it up, you can get bang at Jungle Gym. <laughs> oh, no shit. I like Jungle Gyms a lot. That place is awesome. But don't go in there without $200 because that's how much money you need to get the things that you that you want in there. That's so, true. So uh, I can't leave without that's spending not, like That's not real grocery shopping. That's special. Oh, big time, yeah. You know, but... Uh, but anyway, during so I went to the back. I got a couple pieces of pizza, and, and Daryl Kelly's back there, you know, helping out in the, uh, you know, and I was about to call it the Turnbuckle Cafe, but uh, I don't know. Uh, PTW doesn't have a gimmick name for their uh, for their concession stand, so it'll be the concession stand. And Daryl Kelly's back there wearing his boxing gloves, which he pointed that out to me. He said, "I'm wearing my boxing gloves tonight," and I was like, "Just like always." Class. You believe this fucking guy? Jeez, always Darryl ready Kelly. to go. Now, double intermission was very special tonight. Um, we had something pretty crazy happen. And just before we go into that, I want to mention that I just recently watched the uh, From Little to Legendary, the story of legendary Larry D, which is uh, the documentary about the uh, life and times of uh, legendary Larry D. Don't and, say too much. Gary hasn't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> spoiler alert. But, uh, but he anyway. He hasn't, hasn't received his copy yet. <laughs> I did buy that for him for Christmas, and somehow it hasn't made it to him yet. But uh, we'll be seeing Gary here on Sunday, so we'll get it to him then. But anyway, it's a tremendous uh, uh, DVD, and we had thought maybe we would review it for the show. However, um, it's very serious, and we don't do serious real good. So, um, you know, so we don't want to do something we're not good at. And not only that, we don't want to be disrespectful because it's a tremendous... uh, documentary, and, and, you know, it includes a lot of things about the lives of the people at PTW. Um, I highly recommend it, and it's something that, uh, you know, it's pretty special. So, on the on the heels of that, this uh, this stuff that happened at, at Double Intermission was, you know, pretty awesome. Tell us what happened, Nate. Well, there, there was a member of the audience that uh, is, is dealing with uh, uh, having uh, cancer, and uh, as you would see uh, if you've been at PTW or if you've seen the legendary uh, Larry D documentary, uh, Ann Kelly, who is the wife of Daryl Kelly, uh, unfortunately had passed away uh, in September of uh, about two years ago from cancer herself. So it's something that the PTW staff, fans, wrestlers, everybody has kind of been touched by. And there was this audience member fan uh, who has been affected by, by cancer, and then the referee's wife also herself is dealing with having cancer. So uh, they took, uh, in, in order to kind of push up the sales of the Split the Pot raffle, they, uh, Larry let everybody know that the, the PTW half was going to go directly to this family to help them out through this time as it's a, it's a mother, they have children in the household, she's been taking some time off work, and then he also took a hat and passed it around and said, you know, this hat's a, it's a green hat, and I like to put things that are the same color together, and Andy was the first one to take money out of his, his pocket and give it to this, and then Larry's like, oh, this guy knows, you know, he beat me to it, but pass the hat around, and then, you know, a lot of the fans were making contributions to it, uh, to get up all this amount of money to give to this family, and even the guy who won the split the pot also gave his half to the family, so it was a really nice moment. That's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's awesome, and they were able to raise over $400 in just a couple minutes yeah. from, you know, for, for this, this, these folks. And got to give it to him right then and there. 
Uh, Larry uh, talked about Ann Kelly a little bit, and uh, we are very, very sorry that we didn't get to meet her, because it sounds to me like she is, you know, somebody that was a pretty special person, so, uh, you know, we're sorry that we didn't get a chance to know her, but at the same time, um, through these noble acts, um, we kind of do get a chance to know her a little bit. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool, and it's, uh, you know, a cause that's near and dear to the hearts of all the PTW crowd, and it was really something to witness, and, uh, you know, the crowd uh, really, you know, they really enjoyed this part, except for the jerks on the left-hand side. They had nothing, they had no, uh, no, to, no obnoxious to things to say it. about all this, did they, you know? Well, so. <laughs> one thing that was actually really adorable, uh, Larry... Uh, I recently had uh, his baby daughter was born a couple weeks ago, whose name is uh, Anne, uh, named after Ann Kelly. And when they were counting the money up, uh, Paige had had uh, baby Annie with her and kind of laid her down in the ring, and she was asleep. And Larry looked over and said, that's adorable. My daughter already knows how to do the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he also mentioned that, you know, when they when Ann Kelly had passed away and that she had already come back to the surf, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of move on from here. So that's uh, what double intermission was all about this week. So after <laughs> we had our main event, right, Dean? Main event. It was Lord Crew getting his title shot against Max Sled uh, PTW heavyweight title. The invincible Max Sled, right? <coughs> that guy is indestructible. Yeah, now they had this promo video, right, which was really cool, but you know what we do. We make jokes, so yeah. any, even if something's cool, we're still going to make a joke about it. So, Dean, uh, tell us kind of, this video showed the, the wrestlers lacing up their boots, and uh, we were kind of confused because yeah. when they show Max Sled, he was what was going on there? Well, I I, I just uh, they had a, they had uh, Lord Crew kind of with this like dark music playing and him just kind of standing in silence up against like, a brick wall, and then they cut to Max uh, Sled tying the boots up. And I was like, oh, he's putting on the skates. And Andy <laughs> looked up and like the bottom of the shoes were out of frame, and all you could see is him lacing these things up. Looked like roller skates. Because yeah. for whatever reason, uh, hungry like a wolf, when it plays on, I think it would go perfectly with him. I, him just roller skating around the ring, with going backwards, going doing backwards, the, double do finger guns. Finger guns. I wish you guys could see the little dance that Dean does when that song comes on. It's so funny, and uh, we have a blast with that. So uh, that was great. And, uh, you know, Lord Kerr came out first, and, uh, man, he immediately went over and started getting in the ass of all these fans, and, uh, man, they hated Lord Kerr, didn't they? That guy can work a crowd. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. They, they can't stand him. Um, and, yeah, and the, the new fans and the regular fans that we're used to, there was one, uh, particularly that kind of got in his face, and when he came over to us, he said, uh, when I win this match, she's going to be as disappointed as the last time she got on her scale. <laughs> That's swinging low, but... Hey, that's, you know... That's what, that's what you do. He had a lot of great comebacks. He even stole some of Aaron's shit. Um, a, you know, Lord Crew has been working on this, this hole in his crotch for a while. We haven't mentioned it on the show, but he's got a hole in his tights in the crotch area, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and um, one of the jerk fans was like, Oh, your tights are ripped, man. And he's like, Yeah, 
he, what do you say? He said yeah, I ripped him. Uh, your ahead. mom ripped him last night, or taking I ripped him off. off or or I ripped him, taking him off of your mom last and night. And he was even like, you know, she needs to take it easy. Tell her to back it off a little bit. You know, be patient or something yeah. like that, which was pretty fun. He had a lot of great quips. That shut the guy up for a second. <laughs> it did. It did. He was like, oh my god. A B C. He's, I mean, and Larry D hasn't even fucked his mom. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, just wait. Just wait till that happens. You know, that'll shut you up for a long time. So. He's <laughs> not going to marry her either. No! Never to call her back. <laughs> it never did shut me up, though. You know, which, by the way, the, I did watch the Larry D thing, uh, the Larry D documentary, and there's a part where he's coming out at the Annie Kelly Memorial, and you can see us in the background booing him. <laughs> so, it's just pretty funny. Because so. at that point, he was still fucking my mom. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? So, uh, all right, now... Um, how did this match start out, Dean? Uh, well, early in the match, War uh, Crew hit a kick right to Max's face. Ooh, yeah. Um, he got it. Yeah. He got his. He got his foot up there too. He got all of it, right? I yeah. mean, this was thunderous. Max got all of it. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it was thun- one of those thunderous kicks that he does, and my God, <laughs> he just blasted him. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, that was when we had the sweet your mom joke, right? Yeah. The sick burn that we got from Lord Brew. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, this was a good back and forth, I think. Um, you know, we had a, I know we had a sweet cane bump from Lord Crew when, when um, Max Sled hit him with a second row bulldog. You know, I saw oh, that. Yeah. That was a serious cane bump. I think even Max Sled did a cane bump. We might have had a double cane bump on that one. So that was pretty great. By the way, Kane is in uh, the main event on the at the Royal Rumble this weekend. So we're going to definitely see a Kane bump in that in that match. There's no doubt about it. Any bump Kane does is a Kane bump. Well, no, it's, I mean, okay, but you'll see it. You'll see that little yeah. knee pop out. It's awesome. Almost like instinct. <laughs> it, I remember it is instinct. Yes. for years, like there was that one Rumble that he was. He got eliminated last by Stone Cold, but he had eliminated like eleven people. And for like five or six years after that, every year, someone's like, who do you think is going to win this year? I was like, they got to give it to Kane this year. Like, I thought for years that he deserved to win the Royal Rumble. Nope. <coughs> not yet. No, not yet. There's the, well, he's not in the Royal Rumble this year, so, because he's so in the I, main we, event. I feel like that's definitely happened before, where a guy loses the main event, and then he comes out in the Rumble. Well, I think that the Rumble... Okay, I see what you're saying. So, maybe the championship match will be before the Rumble? Usually is. Okay. Right, we'll find out. You never know. Uh, but, uh... Is there a women's title match? There is not that I know of. Um, gosh, I have no idea. That's a great question, disembodied voice. Um, I will, uh... I'll have to look into that. But, uh... I'm your intercom. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually okay with me. You know? I'm, I'm okay with that. That'd be fine. It's, I'll be guided in the right direction for the most part. Just, uh, put the... Uh, going straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new GPS. Is what it is. It's got a, a certain bald gentleman's voice. But uh, anyway, so uh, let's see here. We had we had all kinds of back and forth between these two. Uh, this was good stuff. But this, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of things do you remember, Dean? Uh, I remember uh, a lot about kind of as the match closed down. Uh, we had a ref bump, and then uh, War Crew hit most of the tractor pull. <laughs> I don't think you could say he got all of it. 
and he should be the PTW heavyweight yes. champion. He pinned Max Led for like a seven count. Yeah. But there was no one there to, to count it, right? No, so he needed our help to wake the ref up. Yes, he did, and I failed miserably. I was I was taking notes, and I look up, and Lord Cruz like, "Hey, give me your water! I need a water!" So I threw water, and I like, it was the worst throw of all time. It barely made it to the ring, and he's like, "Learn how to throw, dummy!" <laughs> and uh, Dean, and you, I, you hooked him up, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, just perfect spiral. <laughs> <laughs> you lean back. Did you, I follow football so poorly. I'm like, I just got to think quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Did you Did you do a three-step or a five-step drop? I, uh, two and a half, actually. Two and a half, really? That you don't even quick. need three. Yeah, no. Wow, that's how good Dean is. He doesn't even need three steps. So uh, I got none of those references. <laughs> football! It's sports ball. Yay! Uh, but so I, I, got, I got the hydration that the ref needed to Lord Crew. Mm-hmm. So gingerly, he kind of leaned his head off and was like, here's some water, buddy. <laughs> you okay? Drink some water. Like a little baby. Yeah. He, he baby birded the water into his mouth, just like, just like White Mike. <laughs> no, don't worry. This match isn't important. I need to make sure you're okay. <laughs> really, what he did was just pour water all over the poor guy yeah. and start throwing the water bottle all over the place. The water went everywhere. That was awesome. And uh, what happened after that? <laughs> he, we, we went for a second tractor pull, mm-hmm. which was blocked with uh, a cutter uh, from Max. And then out came possibly the newest member of the Lord's Hall of Fame. <laughs> Nasty, Nate Gnarly. Yeah, Nate, Nasty Nate Gnarly came out. Uh, we hope he was okay. Um, he seemed to be somewhat with it, right? Yeah, so somewhat coherent. Mm-hmm. Pulls the ref out, and then proceeds to get in the ring and help Ward Crew uh, kind of just beat on Max Max Sled for a while. Now, Dale Bass was so interested in doing the drug that he did not even ring the bell, right? The bell never rang. The bell never rang. The ref never got up and called for a DQ. Nope. But they just kind of considered that the end of the night. Uh... Max challenged those two to a tag match <coughs> where it'll be. <coughs> Alright? Yeah, it'll be. Uh, yeah, fine. Lord Crew, <laughs> uh, Nate Gnarly going up against Max Lett and the Monster Abyss. That's right! Monster Abyss tagging with the PTW champion up against uh, the Lord's Hall of Fame. Uh, that's going to be awesome, and I can't wait. Uh, I don't know if we'll make it to that because these uh, Paris shows are on Fridays, and that's a tough deal for me. Yeah. But uh, I did happen to have uh, this Friday off because I asked for it off in advance like six weeks ago. So, uh, But anyway, that was uh, that was really fun. Had a hell of a night. Um, I liked it. Not my favorite PTW show, um, mainly because of the crowd, right? Yeah. That's kind of the crowd on top of shoot life stuff. It's just in the back of, in the back of my mind. Like I just wasn't one hundred percent able to focus on just the matches that was going on and the stories that were being told. But still, not I mean, not a not a bad time at all to go out and just enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, the drive to uh, to Paris is just a little further than Cynthia, so it's that nice kind of relaxing drive. 
um, you know, which is nice, so that's really cool, and uh, it's a cool little venue, uh, we were also told that was one of the biggest crowds they've ever had there, so uh, that's, that's yeah, pretty I cool, mean, it too. was pretty packed, I mean, if it was a smaller room, but it was pretty filled up, yeah, there was like 100 people there, probably, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe a little more than 100, so that was great, and obviously they were there to spend a little money, because they uh, shelled out some cash tonight, which is awesome, yeah, so hopefully PTW made lots of money tonight, and, uh, you know, uh, that, that was really great, now, um, we, uh, we do have to somewhat kind of apologize a little bit, um, because, unfortunately, we were supposed to have two episodes come out tonight, right, Yes. Um, because the PPW show, the Prodigy Pro Wrestling show, was tonight in Memphis. But uh, Justin and Ralph, and Ralph, excuse me, they had some shoot life problems today and were not able to make that show. So we apologize um, that they let everyone down. Um, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, our boss will be able to punish them a, an appropriate way. And, uh, you know, that'll be up to him, of course. But, uh, but anyway, we uh, will absolutely rat them out um, in front of everyone and bury them just so that they, yeah. you know, just so that they feel bad. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we do a lot of work, guys. So, uh, those guys do a great job. And I was wondering how they were going to make it to three shows in three days. Because that's the Dean and I schedule that doesn't usually work out for others, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but they will be covering the... Uh, Deathmatch tournament or whatever it is tomorrow at IWA, and uh, we will. There you go, Guardians of Hardcore. That's it. IWA Mid South. Uh, you know Nick F and Gage versus uh, Ricky Shane Page, and uh, we will also. Uh, be I've only seen highlights of those types of matches, and it just blows my mind of what these guys are willing to put each other and themselves through. We saw a couple death matches at IWA. We saw that that the crazy tag match with. Uh, with uh, the Forgotten versus Ian Rotten and uh, J.C. Rotten, and they just kill each other. Uh, uh, were Ian Tours Walk? No, no we, we weren't, weren't there for that. that. Yeah, uh, this was the one where they were just black. I mean, it doesn't... It, that, describing well, the match doesn't tell that's you That's probably anything, the first so. time we ever went to Memphis, because I remember it was uh, Mance, uh, and it was like Tiger, because I remember Tiger briefly after it? that we were talking about how... In two weeks, we saw Tiger in a street fight, a regular match, an NWF match, like all like this broad range of matches that that guy was doing. Yeah. Well, anyway, point is is that we will be uh, covering at uh, Fairfield. They'll be covering that. We'll be covering NWF at Fairfield tomorrow. They'll be covering that. Uh, you know, show at IWA. So we will still have some more episodes. We'll have we, plenty of content. We still it. will have more shit going on than any other podcast. Uh, so even even when we mess up, we still have more content than anybody else. So there's that. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Dean, where can we find you online? I am on Twitter at Robot11. You know where the other guys are at? Uh, Justin is at Justin underscore E underscore Priest. Yeah. And you can find Ralph at Ralph O London. Oh my God. Uh, Gary is at GLB uh, TWO. Holy crap! You can find me, Drusen, for tweets. You, you can go. follow the show at the Road Home FW, and uh, go to AudibleTrial.com backslash the Road Home FW. Get yourself a free book. I know all you fuckers aren't doing that. It'd be pretty cool if you did. <clears throat> I've, I've you already used me that uh, disembodied voice. <laughs> Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> yes, Dean. I was gonna look at seeing if I could get on Twitter uh, official XFL before oh, they got it. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
or like, uh, you know, what about, okay, so there's the goo, there's the Vince Googling, what about like, uh, there's gotta be a funny XFL thing you could throw in there that you could be that guy, that would be something, like, you could be he hate me, you From know? the conversation we had about possible scenarios, uh, for an event that happened a long time ago, I don't know if you want to be on Vince McMahon's bad side, mm. just may just disappear and then the <laughs> official XFL is suddenly available. Yeah, some conspiracy theories. Go go look at what Billy Jack Haynes. Go look up some Billy Jack Haynes shoot interviews and you hear some crazy shit. But uh, anyway, so guys, thank you so much for listening. We had a blast. We love PTW. It's one of our favorite places to go. We can't wait to go back. Unfortunately, we didn't get a big announcement about where they're going, although King Hustle himself, the bare knuckle boxer, did assure me big things are coming. And I uh, can't wait for those uh, things to pan out, and I can't wait to see all of our favorites down there. So, uh, also, the nickname is King Hustle. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's the, he's the king of hustling. So, uh, you know, I... There you go, you know, but uh, King Hustle working behind the scenes to make sure that uh, PTW, you know, uh, lives a long life down there in uh, Central Kentucky. So, guys, any, or guy, anybody, <laughs> anything else to add? No, it was, it was a, it's a good time to kind of just, like I, I always say, it's always fun to kind of get out and see a wrestling show with your buddies and just kind of enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You're welcome. From the cozy confines of a 2004 Honda Accord, Drew, Dean, and Gary travel highway and byway finding the best and not-so-best independent pro wrestling around. So climb in, buckle up, and enjoy the scenic route as you take the road home from wrestling. Here in my car, I feel safest of all.
Our podcast is brought to you by whatamaneuver.net. That's where you can go to get all your official Road Home From Wrestling merchandise. So now, when you hear us say, hey so-and-so, get your own shit, you know where to go to get your own shit. Whatamaneuver.net. Live to tape from the Road Home Wrestling World Mobile Headquarters of the World of the Got Dean. The Frenzy went up deep. Hey guys. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> it's so cold outside, right, Dean? Yes. What the fuck? But, you know, uh, cold, uh, sleet, snow, rain, ice, whatever. Uh, it wasn't going to keep us from PTW tonight, right? We're like post office drivers. We are. We're nor exactly. sleet, nor rain, nor. Now, you know... I'm like a post-off writer. <laughs> it's true, that's true. All like, of the hard work I put in. You're the helper. <laughs> well, uh, tonight's a special night, right, Dean? Yes. So what is it? Tell me all about it. It was the Hall of Fame uh, iPay-Per-View for BTW. That's right, and um, it's kind of... be the, the Hall of Fame thing's kind of become a tradition for us a little bit, right? Um, we, we get in our, our uh, Sunday best... You yes, know, and absolutely. we dress nice. Now you look way nicer than me. Tell me, uh, what is what is the little number that you're wearing, Dean? So I have all my khaki pants, then a nice button-up. It's not a Dan Housen because I rolled the sleeves completely out, and it's not made of flannel. With a tie and a nice sweater on top. Yeah, the sweater really adds a lot, man. I, I think so too. Uh, yeah, I, I just went with the old uh, black tie, uh, you know, um, dress shirt. Black tie, white know? shirt. Yeah. I mean, well, my, my, my stripes, stripes, it's got some red stripes, stripes on it, you know. Uh, but anyway. Well, so we always get dressed up for these, and we've done it a couple times for NWA. It's really the respectful thing to it do. It is. And all it's these, the Hall of Fame. All these pieces of shit that don't even dress up, you know. Did you see Chris Majors was wearing a fucking t-shirt? Yeah. Piece of crap. He put on the old Aaron Williams attire. <laughs> That's right. Last year, um, this actually last year was the first time we went to Paris, I think. Um, because first that, and only time we were ever there. For the at the Paris um, uh, the other Paris okay, uh, place, yeah, at right? That, at that particular so building. Uh, PTW used to run a building at uh, like VFW Hall or something like that at a different Paris location and so that was the first time and only time we ever went to that location and uh, now here we are back in Paris in the Sportatorium yeah they've been there they said it's been about a year now that they've been running out of the Sportatorium isn't that crazy man isn't that crazy doing big things yeah it's like uh, you know Georgetown's in the rearview mirror at this point you know which is crazy to me nobody fights everybody anymore yeah that's true I don't know what you're saying there what do you mean the fan that used to want to fight everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, we got we got a new one. You know, yeah. uh, that one guy is crazy, man. He was, he was yelling at everybody. So, uh, which, uh, yeah. So, it was a lot of fun tonight. Um, Dean, it's been quite a while since you've been at PTW. I mean, I've only been a couple times since you've been. But, I mean, when was the last time you were down there? It's been a while. It was when we put on our Sunday best. Again, for the return, the reopening of yes. the church. We got swerved. Bro. Yeah. It wasn't a reopening of the church. It was the grand opening of a new church. <laughs> it was. That's true. Um, and uh, But we'll get into all that tonight. So, uh, you know, I guess 
first thing we need to do is talk about the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, you know, we've already set the stage. We were dressed. It's cold as fuck. It's in Paris, Kentucky. It's in the Sportatorium. Dean, who were the folks that were inducted into the PTW Hall of Fame? We had two different people this year. Uh, Vic the Bruiser. Mm-hmm. And, oh... One second. Chucky Smooth. Chucky Smooth. I get Chucky Smooth, Smooth and, and Chucky uh, Cheese. Can be, can be <laughs> I thought you were going to say Chuck E. Cheese because yeah. they put it for Chuck E. I wonder what the E that stands little, for. The little doll that kills people. Oh, yeah. Remember that, that guy? Chuck. You know, um, Chuck E. Cheese, it stands for Charles Entertainment Cheese. That's his full name. So do you think Chuck E. Smooth stands for Chuck Charles Entertainment Smooth? It probably does. There you go. It's a mystery solved. Um, now, Vic the Bruiser looks suspiciously like Santa Claus. You know, um, we, we recognized him because last year uh, on Christmas Eve, we were down at PTW at the Georgetown. The last show in Georgetown. The last show in Georgetown. The main event was Santa Claus versus Brandon Taggart. Chops the match. And, uh, you know, like I said, Vic the Bruiser looks suspiciously like he's Santa Claus, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Now, tell me a little bit about, uh, run this down for us. How did this all work? Well, we had uh, two uh, people that we're familiar with from being the PTW shows. One of them being Dale Bass, who has had a, had a bit of a history of working with Vic the Bruiser. So, he had the uh, privilege of inducting his friend Vic the Bruiser into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, you know, it was told to me that Vic the Bruiser, he's been around like 25 years, he said, I think he's been wrestling. 29, he said, holy shit. So, um, you know, he's been up and around the area. In fact, some of the footage, they, they showed this really cool video package, and some of the footage from the video package was in the arena. And it was clearly years ago, and I mean the Jeffersonville Arena in uh, Indiana. So uh, that was interesting. I always love to see that place. You know, I just, I don't know, it's got a special place in my heart, uh, much like the Sportorium, but in a different way. And, uh, you know, it's good to see him, but it was told to me tonight uh, by a certain man um, who has three letters in his name, but five syllables. Um, He said that uh, Vic the Bruiser is an old school badass, and he used to, you know, he used to be kind of an enforcer. You know, so in fact, they even kind of briefly told a story, but they didn't go into it during his induction about how he beat the shit out of somebody once, which yeah. apparently happened more than once. So um, <laughs> it was on a I show with Derek Neal. Derek right? Neal was there, and I thought he was saying it was Derek Neal. And then he said, but then when I got to the back of this kid, Derek Neal came back up to me and said he didn't know if he wanted to be a wrestler after what I did to this guy. Like, <laughs> so I was kind of not sure if he meant it was Derek Neal or. Well, and so, just to kind of set the stage a little more, basically what happens at these uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies is, like, you know, all the wrestlers come out usually dressed up. Some of them aren't. Fucking jerks. And, uh, you know, even nasty Nate Gnarly was dressed up. Yeah. All right, come on. And and he's nasty and gnarly. So, uh, you know, everybody gets dressed up, and the, and the wrestlers kind of sit inside uh, the ring area uh, on the outside, and then the, uh, you know, the inductions and everything take place at a podium. Now, I do have a uh, kind of weird thing to talk about, but the podium at the PTW Sportatorium was the least bouncy podium I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Usually the podium is all bouncy and they can't, you know, keep it still anytime anybody walks and starts flopping around. Man, this PTW one had a wide base. It wasn't moving for shit. This isn't the first time they've had a Hall of Fame ceremony. It's not. 
you know, they, they know what they're doing, you know, so, uh, and like you said, there was a gentleman whose name I can't say, but he, uh, you know, he really likes Hall of Fames, so, uh, in fact, future Hall of Famer, future Kentucky Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Harold, was here tonight, well, so, was there? I got it, I saw him kind of walking around, he pointed him out to me, yeah, I got to say hi to him, meet him for the first time, uh, you know, uh, was fine, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of other people there tonight, but, uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, uh, Victor Bruiser, he got a little emotional, right? Well, yeah, he did get emotional, he was, uh, he was kind of, uh, skipping over his words, it was a big deal for him to be recognized for the hard work that he put in across 29 years, and the people that he's had a chance to work with, and being someone that was kind of known for being rough in the ring, he also... You can kind of tell he had an impact on those people that he worked with and being rough for a reason and getting them to understand the way the business as far as he saw it and a lot of the other people we've talked to saw it. So he did have an impact on shaping kind of what our current wrestlers are doing and what other future Hall of Famers have done. It wasn't just what he did in the business and what he accomplished, it's what he did for the business. One of the things that's really fun about going to Kentucky and seeing wrestling is when we first came down here, we were like, what is this? You know, we yeah. had, it's Kentucky. They don't know nothing about wrestling. Meanwhile, roots of wrestling in Kentucky go back years and years and years, maybe longer than they even do in Ohio and places in, like, Indiana. So, you know, uh, it's been really fun to kind of learn the backstory of a lot of these folks and, and realize that a guy like Derek Neal, for example, has deep roots in, in this area, so he knows all these guys. Yeah. He's worked on hundreds of shows with these guys. And so and it's the same way with just about everyone there, even some of the newbies. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but speaking of Kentucky roots, um, who was the man who inducted Chucky Smooth into the Hall of Fame? Honest Donnie Green. That's right. Do you believe that anything that guy says? Yeah, he's honest Donnie Green. Oh, okay, all right. I, just, I thought it was maybe, like, uh, that he's not honest or something. No. Nope. Okay, turns out he is, but... Uh... Very honest, very <laughs> stand-up. Well, he was very charismatic, you know, and, and I He know... turned it on like that. He was oh, at man. first. Like he got in the ring, and then when, once he held that, that microphone, it just came out of him. It was great. And I gotta say... When he was cutting his little promo and everything, it reminded me quite a bit of Brandon Taggart on the mic. I was like, wow, this is okay. You know, because it seemed, it was very similar, just kind of the same kind of way, you know. But Taggart usually, you know, has a little more emotion and anger behind it, you know. But I could see Donnie Green doing that same thing. So that was pretty cool. And apparently him and Chucky Smooth, they used to be in a tag team together, right? Yeah. Uh, they were in a tag team for years and years. But some of the, they, well, they acknowledged to the, PTW credits, they probably are more familiar with the feuds that the two had. Yeah, I guess they went on a winning streak and they, they won like four months worth of matches or whatever. They were Their undefeated. initial four months they were undefeated. And then they got defeated and of course you know, as it's usual. someone's fault. Yeah, somebody's fault and so they you know, they turn on each other. Dean will never turn on each other, will never. we? Never. Um, so awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they turned on each other and apparently had a legendary feud. And one of the coolest things I learned tonight, and I learned a lot tonight, was that Chucky Smooth was the final MWA champion. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's, a, I, I that's wish, a great honor. I wish I had a better knowledge of what 
you know, I know NWA is a big thing. I have M, M. I know. But okay, gotcha. I'm saying of the companies, <laughs> of the lineage of NWA, and how NWA is somewhat became WCW, but then NW with NWA title was in TNA and different things. Like I wish I knew a little bit better of the of the lineage of what companies were, because all I know were like WCW, ECW, WWF, and growing up, and what titles those companies have now, not traveling when it went from one place to the other, and then Ric Flair was NWA when he went to WCW and he took the title there, and the ECW title, uh, I just I was just watching the, the, the top, you know, 50 oh my god moments from ECW where... Shane Douglas won the NWA title and turned it into the awesome. yeah. down and said, this is the Eastern Champions and created the ECW title. Like, all that, I wish I had a better knowledge, like, first-hand knowledge and understanding of all the moving pieces from the territory days. Well, that's what's fun about going to PTWs. We get to learn about stuff like that in a, you know, in a more independent kind of way, um, which uh, the Mountain Wrestling Association, which was MWA, which he was the final champion of, in a way... That kind of morphed into PTW, much like NWA okay. morphed into WCW. Gotcha. So I remember hearing parts about the Mountain Wrestling in the Larry D documentary. Right, right he exactly. was their champion for yes. a very long time. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of those guys. I mean, you know, MTM was a was an MWA champion, and he was one of the owners. And you know, so I mean, it's it's uh, like basically PTW is made up of a bunch of MWA guys and some new guys that aren't from the, you know, that are either from Cincinnati or from Northern Kentucky or Southern Kentucky. So, you know, it's an interesting kind of group of guys and it's really fun to kind of, you know, to be a part of it, a little bit of a part of it. So, uh, so Chucky Smooth got on the mic and he had, I mean, he didn't really have much to say except, you know, he really, you could tell Chucky Smooth wants to wrestle, man. You could tell he got up on the, on the second rope and did his like thing. He did that a couple times. You know, he was really soaking it in, which is exactly what I would do in that situation. I would be like, absolutely, cheer for me. Let's get this, because I want to do this one more time. Yeah. Um, so he did not, however, skip to the ring. I thought we have seen him skip to the ring, but nope, no skipping from Chucky Smooth the night, although he did look cool with his glasses on. That's true. Yeah. So, uh... He, he did briefly acknowledge, uh, his, uh memories of working with Larry and how he says, oh, I could go all night on telling Larry stories. <laughs> I think Larry this? may have fucked his mom. Oh! <laughs> He's fucked everybody's He's mom. Everybody's this is what it is. Well, he did tell a funny story about how Larry, um, there was a match and, and a woman started giving birth in the front row, there right? Were, there were two different stories that uh, I think he told both of them of people being pregnant because he had a match with Tuffy, where Tuffy's wife oh, yeah. went into labor right before the show started, so they had a really quick match. Who was it? That is this whose wife? Tuffy's. Oh, thank you. I didn't know who that yeah. was. Yeah, thank you. Tuffy. And then he had. A, there was at a show where a lady went into labor, and Larry just got on. And I guess Chucky, uh, Chucky Smooth, was a little bit newer to wrestling. He didn't know what to do, and did. And Larry just got on the mic and said, "We're gonna take care of her, and then we're gonna have our match." And then everybody was kind of uh, just. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, my God. You're allergic to uh, to explaining stories. Yeah. Was, I guess, a little distracted, so to bring the crowd back into it, Larry got back on the mic and said, No, that hoe bag's out of here. We got ourselves a match. <laughs> and, the, and the pregnant lady flipped him off from yeah. the gurney on the way out, which is tremendous. So, uh, 
Uh, that's what the mass transit guy did too, by the way. He on the gurney, he flipped everybody off on the way out. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was kind of the intro to everything tonight, and congratulations to both uh, guys there. Um, you know, it's really cool. We love this. I don't know why. I just love it. You know what I mean? I just love the the Hall of Fame stuff. I love that pro wrestling is so steeped in tradition and reveres tradition so much that they have their own like Hall of Fames and stuff. One day there might be a Road Home from Wrestling Hall of Fame. You never know, man. And guess who the first inductees will be, Dean? You and me. All right. (laughs) All right. We we have done a lot for the tri-state area. Oh, yeah, man. So So much so. We deserve to be in a Hall of Fame of some kind. You know, Um, I mean, think about it. We've been doing this for like 18 months, you know, so. Coming coming up on two years, and if I don't get a little more recognition soon, I mean. (laughs) I really thought I would be a millionaire by now. (laughs) Gatorade doesn't want to sponsor the podcast. I know! It's bullshit, man. Beats. I mean, people could listen to our podcast on Beats headphones. You (laughs) could tell people about that. I need a new set of headphones, by the way. uh, Get Beats. Great sound quality. They aren't good. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, so that led us to a little bit of a break. And then we had a big old uh, video deal at the beginning, right? Yeah, kind of a, a warm-up to oh, the yeah, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we had Boss Man and uh, Otis in the ring, right? Yeah, that. And then the, the video, uh, basically, two minutes for each match, a backstory and what was going on. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I like that. Um, they couldn't really go over any other matches that were coming up because Boss Man was already getting too excited. <laughs> He was really excited tonight, wasn't he? I don't to focus on tonight's matches. Don't even tell me about other things coming up in the future because this is just too much excitement for tonight. That's pretty good, team. That's pretty good. I think you need to sound more out of control, though. Like, you know, like uh, just a little more excited, a little more like, you know, just just uh, take a little, it up little more, more sarcastically excited. <laughs> Amazing. Well... <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so we had the video package, we had the warm up from uh, Otis and uh, and uh, Bossman, which I really like that. That's awesome, you know. And then they br- actually brought the guys back in the ring to talk yeah. to them again, which was kind of weird, but I, I get it. They were doing that for the folks who had missed the Hall of Fame ceremony, yeah. right? So, uh, and then we had our first match of the night, right? Yeah, it was the Stud versus the Stallion. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good, Dean. So the 22-year-old stud, Jay Donaldson, versus Ricky. So, so help me out a little bit on this. How, how did they get to this? Because I remember that uh, the stud was was had left, and he came. Oh, no. No, Jay left. Jay left, and the stud came back. The stud showed up out of nowhere. This guy, he was so fucking cool. He's wearing yeah. a mask, right? So, and then Jay. Well, you don't wear a mask, and then people are going to be talking to you in the parking lot. They're going to see you well, at the trading post in Kentucky. Well, plus they'll find out who he is and try to trade They'll find out who he is and then they'll, they'll be all up in this business. You're right. right. So, at the peddler's market looking for bargains and not signing autographs. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, yeah, so what happened was, and this is from what I understand, the stud um, was defeated by Jay Donaldson. All right, um, to because the stud, you know, is like the stud ended up winning the ultimate opportunity, right? Okay. So he was the holder of the win opportunity. Jay Donaldson returned after defeating um, 
uh, you know, or being defeated and, and losing uh, loser leaves PTW match, but he came back. He defeated the stud, and he got that title or that uh, the opportunity back. Right? That is awesome. That's like with the uh, El Conquistadors. Did yes, you? yes, I know that exactly was, what you mean. That was a fantastic so, storyline. Well, that's not where it's at over though. Okay. So then the stud returned to in the stud. It was Ricky. So it was Ricky this time, and the stud uh, returned again to def- uh, to uh, attack uh, Jay Donaldson again. I'm not sure if they had an NWF finish or what, but that led to this match, right? Okay. Is it, so you know, it was basically those two have been feuding for a while, and so this was a match for the ultimate opportunity, which is basically the money in the bank of PTW. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about it, Dean. Uh, the the it was it was a slow start where. Uh, Jay was dancing for the Chicky Babies. Ricky was coming out and screaming, Ricky! They each took turns kind of wrestling the other into a corner, getting the clean breaks, and then taking quick little, not strikes, but just like taps on the chest, like, I just went up to you, haha. Yeah, I cheated. Yeah. Uh, so they did a little bit of back and forth with that. Uh, Ricky got kind of control over that back and forth, and then he pulled both of Jay Donaldson's legs and crotched him on the ring post. Unbelievable. That is, that is this was not a no DQ match. You can't no. just do that. You know what I mean? Come on. I, I, you know, Ricky just does that. I mean, has, I, here's my question. Is, don't Jay Donaldson's balls take enough abuse just from him missing things and, and crotching himself on the ropes? You don't well, need to help him with that. his tolerance is up there now. Oh, is that what it is? He has ball he's got, shot he's got, tolerance. He's got a, his threshold of, p- of pain is uh, is higher than you and I can even really think about or wow. want to know about. Because every time I see his matches, the mental ball trauma gets a little bit less because I'm almost used to it oh, now. Oh, really? So From work- every time he gets hit, like I'm like, okay. okay. Wow, so you're working it up too. Okay. The, yeah, the mental ball trauma. Mental ball trauma. I almost, I'm like, I kind of expect it. So like, I'll sit a little different in the chair so I can kind of deflect it. <laughs> Wow, that is awesome, Dean. That's really smart, too. Yeah. You know, you know what you're doing. But, uh, wow. I want to have kids one day. Oh, well, maybe. Um, so, uh, what happened after the ball trauma? Because I think that, you know, basically, Jay tried to do the same thing to Ricky, but it didn't quite work out for him, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, he, uh, he hit an eye poke, and then he went to the top, and he was going to uh, do something. This is for the Chicky Babies. And then he jumped off, completely missed. Yeah, Jay, Jay does these high-risk maneuvers, and sometimes, you know, it's high-risk, high-reward, and sometimes that reward is a face full of men. Yeah. Well, high-risk, high-reward, the reward is the man. That's what I'm saying. Now, Uh, Dean, I have to interrupt you. All right. It's been a long time. We're about to to pass the most evil place on Earth. What what were you going to say? I was trying just to keep myself distracted and just keep talking so that you wouldn't notice. (laughs) Well, let's focus on let's focus on mental ball trauma. I think that's a way that. Here we go. All right. Oh, ow! God, my balls hurt. But we, but we, we made it past the Evergreen Motel, safe and sound. If you don't know about this place, it's the most evil place on earth where murders happen. We passed it earlier during the day. That's the only way you can usually pass safely, but we just learned another way, and that's just to focus so hard on mental ball trauma that the, the demons inside can't get to us. Yeah. So, there you go. It all makes perfect sense. So, what happened next in the match, Dean? 
uh, we, we had a, uh, Ricky was hitting shoulder tackles in the corner, and then Jay raised his knee, and Ricky, like, headbutted his knee, and then Jay hit a series of knees and strikes, and he threw, uh, threw Ricky out of the ring, hit his inside of the ring to outside, the Canadian drop kick mm-hmm. to the outside of the ring, and then, uh, anytime any action is anywhere near, uh, the home fleets, Daryl is right there playing protector. Daryl, the, uh, the, um, security, security guard, guard, in quotes. Uh, yes, yes, he just wanders over there, doesn't he? Actually, this time he came trucking over there. Yeah. And so, so Jay starts dancing for the chicky babies, and Daryl walks over, and he's like, Move, I'm not dancing for you! It's all amazing. for the home fleets. Yeah, man. It's all for the home fleets. You know, home fleets love winners. So, and Jay, as we know, is a winner. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So, tell us what else happened, and maybe how this one shook out, Dean. So, uh, we had a couple close pins in the match. Jay tried twice to pin uh, with his feet on the ropes, and the rap completely blind to it. Didn't see it at all. I don't, I don't even know if it really happened. <laughs> we had a different ref tonight, yeah. right? That's the so, first time I've ever seen this ref. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, Scotty is on the he's he's on the bench right now. He got benched due to injury. So, uh, you know, he's, he's okay. We talked to him tonight. I'm very happy that Scotty's okay because, man, PTW ain't the same without Scotty. You know what I mean? we got to have him in there. And he confessed to me that he was very upset that he wasn't in the ring tonight. However, i got to say, the stand-in referee did a good job for having to ref every single match and all the shenanigans that go on with that. He did a pretty good job. So, got to work on that those facial true. expressions a little bit. But, I mean, for somebody that was just coming in out of nowhere, he did awesome. So, But he, he clearly saw what he thought was Jay's feet on the ropes. But Jay doesn't cheat. No. He told us that earlier in the match. He said, I won't cheat. Understand. All right, Jay walks around. He's been in the wrestling business for a long time. I mean, he's only 22. He's more honest than Donnie Green, and no one believes him. I don't get it. I don't get it, Dean. It's just, I, I can't explain it either. I have no answers to your question about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, well, who won the match, Dean? Okay, first off, we do not want to brush over the interrogation laid out oh, from correct. Ricky Cardinal onto Jay Donaldson. Yeah, he has suspicions, huh? With yeah, the Les Press, he was pressuring him to admit it. Uh, and then, uh, I believe uh, Jay missed like a crossbody, and Ricky Cardinal hits a stunner, stands Jay up, then he hits a rock bottom, and then he hits an elbow drop from the top. You know what he should call this... This series of moves, these combos. Let's hear it. 2003. Okay. Because that's when those moves were big. Oh! <laughs> there you go. So elbow drop. So stunner, rock bottom, elbow drop. He gets the win. Yeah. He now has the opportunity. Yikes. What will he do with it? I don't know. We'll never find out, you know. Maybe we will later. I guess we'll see. Maybe. So that uh, led us to match number two. And uh, what was match number two, Dean? This was a tag match that put everything legendary up against the new church, which would be Reverend Blake and Deacon Rex. Rex, That's right. With Reverend Ronnie Roberts, who was on the outside um, kind of waffling on who he supported, you know. Yeah. I thought it was pretty clear that he was trying to support everything legendary, and as we all know, 
if you're not everything, fuck you, so, uh, you know, this was a lot of fun, though, I have to go on a quick diatribe real quick about Rex, okay, so Rex is a guy we've seen up at NWF, now, Dean, you have very little experience seeing him, right, you just saw him in, like, a rumble, in the ring, yes, I've yeah. seen him, very seen little, little now, I've seen him in a few different, uh, you know, situations, I mean, he's had a match with Lotus, I've seen him beat up Lotus quite a bit, and, uh, you know, I've seen him do quite a bit in the ring now, and I am very impressed, he seems, like, natural, you know, like, it just seems natural to him, and, like, the things that, like, would take me forever to figure out how to do, it just seems like that he knows, like, the, you know, the facial expressions he's doing in between moves, the, the looks he's given to the crowd, like, all that kind of stuff is just very natural to him, you know? Uh, what you're saying kind of reminds me of something I thought was interesting on the uh, Somehow All Managed podcast where JT was comparing two two wrestlers. JT Davidson, JT right? Davidson was comparing uh, two of the wrestlers who we've seen come along a lot at Rockstar, and one's gone a little bit further than the other, and he, and he acknowledged that they're both very good, they've come on a lot, but one of them has to think about it, and he has to stop for, for a brief second and think about what should I do here to get this reaction? And the other guy is such a natural that it comes naturally to him just to do, and that's that's like different types of wrestlers. So some wrestlers have an understanding, but they every now and then they have to slow down a little bit and think about what should I, what's a way to get this reaction out of this fan, or what's this? When the other guy just it rattles off and it just happens organically. Well, it's just, like, weird, because, like, I don't know Rex very well, um, you know, I've only seen him wrestle a few times, but it just seems like he's always been a wrestler, you know what I mean, he just yeah. looks like the kind of guy that's like, you've been wrestling for 10 years, oh, okay, you look really young, you know what I mean, he just seems like that kind of dude, and, um, he also did something tonight, which, uh, you know, it's a PTW episode, we got plenty of time, so we can go on little diatribes, um, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast, um, so, he was getting punched by Larry, right, and he was snapping his head back, like, he was really getting punched, Rex was, and Rex was settling incredibly well for these punches, right, and it reminded me of, on Tough Enough, if you guys ever watched Tough Enough, I can't, I think it's like season one or two or something like that, where, um, they're at the track studio place where they're, they're all training, and here comes Triple, Triple H, he comes yeah. in, right, Triple H, and he comes in, and he's like, throw a punch, you know, and the guy throws a punch, you know, or he's like, here, take a punch, and he's like, goes to take a punch, and he looks at him, and he goes, if you sell like that for me in the ring, I'll tag you for real, and he's got another guy in there that he hits, and the guy's doing a great job, and he's like, good snap, good snap, he says, yeah, yeah, which I love, I don't know why, I just always think about that, when I see someone take a punch, I always think about that, good snap, do they have a good snap? Is that what they're doing, you know? Because Rex has a good snap. Or Just maybe Larry hit him for real. <laughs> maybe. Like Triple H. Triple <laughs> H. Yeah, uh, well, maybe. I doubt it, though. So, because if Larry hits you for real, you'll, you're dead, you know? So you just you disintegrate into dust. So, all right, so it was everything legendary versus the church. And uh, like you said, we had a little bit going on here. And this was shenanigans of the match at first where these guys just didn't want to get in the ring, did they? Yeah, it, it took a, it took a while for them to start the match. I didn't, I didn't even know for the longest time. I thought it was Bishop, uh, Reverend Blake and Reverend Ronnie up against, and Rex was on the outside, but then Rex was in the match. I didn't even know what was going on for the longest time. They don't trust Ronnie because 
I mean, clearly he can't Because he's not Donnie Green. That's right. He's not Donnie Green. Exactly. So, well, um, yeah, this was a good match, though. This was a lot of fun. Like I said, I was very impressed with Rex when he was in there. Um, You know, uh, Bishop or Reverend Blake or whatever, um, you know, he got in there. He got his ass whooped by Max Sled right off the bat, right? And then then they kind of took over on Max. And Max... He turned into Ricky Morton right in front yeah, of us, right? He did not seem to enjoy that. No. He, he, his hair turned white all of a sudden, and he looked like Ricky Morton. It was crazy. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. I do want to say one thing about uh, Reverend uh, Blake. I, I like, I dig the new look and like just the, the gimmick of how he comes out. I like how all that, that full package works together with the song and the black robe and transition to Reverend Ronnie's white robe. I think it all works really well. I think it's a cool look. This gimmick is tremendous, and when if you re- realize, Dean, one of the first times we went to PTW was when this all started, and like we were we were hooked then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like we love. I mean, this gimmick is tremendous, and still to this day, I don't understand how you know in a place like Paris, Kentucky, the guy who runs the church is the heel. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. So you're usually the guy they always make the the person who like I've never seen like I guess we're seeing a little bit with uh, Ronnie, but Ronnie now. But when they always run the church, it's always about being better than other people. And, yes, that's true. You know, so they're that's always true. the human. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, even in Kentucky on the Bible <laughs> Belt. So what else you got, Dean? So yeah, we, uh, like you said, Max started getting kind of worked over. Uh, Beat him up. Yeah, it was a majority of the match was that. Now there was a part where um, we got a little mix up with tags. I think I remember. You know, we had. The, this, this was when when they took. Weird, this yeah. is when they took over because it was Max and Ronnie in the ring, and uh, Max. No, it was Max and Rex in the ring, and Max threw Rex out. And then Bishop Blake just got in the ring. Yeah, no tor- tag at all. Tornado tag. Started wrestling. <laughs> Rex grabbed Bishop Reverend Blake to try and pull him out of the ring. And as he was pulling him out of the ring, Max is trying to pull him back in the ring. And he catches an elbow to the face. And then Blake rolls back in the ring. And then that was the beginning of them stomping on and working over max and working the tag and everything like that and they did that for a majority of the match yeah they did for a long time and uh you know but that's the way it's supposed to work you know classic tag match type deal and uh you know you got max led and they're taking the heat brother taking the heat you know he also he came right over uh when the match started and he took his skates off right in front of us yeah normally he does it over by the entrance by dale uh but he did it by us today so that little extra. Yeah, we always love that, man. He put his hand out and put one hand on my shoulder and was like, looked up the foot. We, can, we always want to help Max, yeah. so. Uh, let's, <laughs> well, tell me tell me what else happened in this one, Dean, or so, uh, uh, Larry, Larry got tagged in, and he pretty much just cleaned house, ran a while, took care of business. He had knocked uh, Reverend Blake to the outside of the ring, who grabbed the collection plate that could have had a Road Home From Wrestling get your own sticker in it. Yeah, get your own shit sticker. Or whatever, I mean, they only wanted money, even though those are worth $4. Well, we were trying to give it to you, but now I guess we'll give it to you now. Hey, 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 Reverend Blake, get Get your your own own shit. shit. Yeah, we're trying to give you a get your own shit sticker, and Rex is like, no, 
For the collection plate to start to clock uh, uh, Larry with it, or Max, I can't remember which one, and what happened? Reverend Ronnie prevents him from using the collection plate, pulls it away from him, he turns to a punch and a cutter, and then three seconds later, he was not a tag team champion. That's right, yeah, they lost. And it was funny too, because Reverend Ronnie grabbed the collection plate and then chucked it through the entrance. <laughs> He, like, threw as hard as he could behind him, and it went right through the entrance, which yeah. is pretty cool. Good shot. So, uh, yeah, so the good guys win. Everything legendary. Turns out they are everything, so don't, you know, not nothing happens there. And uh, they win. So that was great. So that's two good guys winning, right? Yeah. Man. Unbelievable. So that led us to single intermission. And uh, we got to talk to some people, right, Dean? Yeah. Otis Badass. Otis came over and talked to us. Bobby Blade came he over. He hobbled to over. Us. He was man he could barely walk. Bobby Blade, you know. Yeah. He, we were talking to him for like ten seconds. Oh, I don't think his shoes can be as tight as they can be because they don't have any laces. It's true. What, what do you mean, Dean? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. The convenience factor way up there when you have shoes that just have two little Velcro strips around the top. But when you're looking for tightness for your shoes to be tight, so you have that, you know, ability to move. Ankle support. I mean, it's like it's like jogging in slippers. I mean, you may be comfortable, but you can't really move very well. Well, and just to fill people in on, on uh, you know, your connection to uh, Bobby Blade's shoes, tell, tell us the story real quick about uh, when we used to work at La Rosa's together years and years uh, ago. We worked at La Rosa's, and there, for whatever reason, decided to tell everybody that they needed black shoes. You gotta have black shoes. So fine. I was a delivery driver, and with these eyes, no one ever looked at my shoes. <laughs> these baby browns. So I went to Target. It was or Kmart even maybe at the time or Meyer or wherever, and I bought a very cheap pair of black shoes that didn't even have laces, and they just velcroed right on. They look like orthopedic, like all people. Yeah. Shoes. My <laughs> back. Great. They look like Bobby Blade's shoes. So yeah. Bobby Blade was in the dress code of La Rosa's, which yeah. is tremendous. He had so. on the red button-up shirt, black true. pants. He could have been delivering pizzas or serving tables, yeah. you know? He would have hated it either way, though. Now, the other thing about Bobby Blade that's very interesting is he is a horse murderer. He's been killing horses. So he's got this video game. How do you make glue? Well, I mean, he's... Apparently got a glue factory in his backyard. He's naming the horses glue factory and then killing them. It's ridiculous. And he's trying to tell me, oh, they keep running into a tree. That's pretty easy to avoid, and that's something you learn very early in the game. So, Bobby Blade, I just think you're doing it out of spite. You got a problem with horses, and somebody by the name of Nikki Campbell is going to whoop your ass if you're not too if you're not careful. Because you are in the Lexington area where horses are king. It's the, you know, it's the sport of kings, and you're fucking killing them all. I just feel like somebody's going to get revenge on Bobby Blade, and it's not going to be Dutch, it's not going to be Micah, it's going to be, you know, someone who loves horses. If, if you go up to most people in Kentucky and ask how many horsepower your car has, most of them just say one. Because <laughs> they ride a horse. <laughs> and Bobby says one dead one, that's what he says, so... Yeah, so we got to talk to him for a little bit, and that was uh, single on So So uh, after that, what happened then, Nate? We had the open invite uh, scramble match for the Elite 
title championship. Did you get an invitation? It was open. I think that they put it out there. So yes, I did. Okay. Well, I chose. You know, I was in my dress. I can't wear my dress and my, you know, singlet at the same time. I'm not licensed. That's so true. there's the problem now. And you didn't wear your orthopedic shoes. Yeah, wear my so orthopedic shoes. You, you had nice shoes on. You can't wrestle in those, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it's kind of like when you invite someone short notice to a wedding that's out of state, you just want them to show. You don't want them to show up. Oh. You just want them to send the present. Gotcha. So, okay. So did you? Which I, just, I wasn't. A, I wasn't prepared. I, thought, I didn't bring anything prepared. <laughs> but you know, they. they open invite, but there were so many other hoops to jump through. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's funny, though. I did actually, uh, we did actually get Brand Tag or something. He got, he got a sticker not too long ago, so right. um, so he got a sticker, so good for you, buddy. Um, now, uh, tell us who was in the open invite scramble match, and obviously, this was, you know, the first person out was our champion, uh, yeah. Brandon Tiger, who now we can he cheer for. Tall. We can cheer for unabashedly because he's no longer trying to beat up our friend, so that's good. Yeah. So Brandon Taggart was our first competitor out with the title, and then we had Christopher Michael Otis. Did you? I did notice. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure. Out together was Hollywood Adam Swayze with his big cousin, <laughs> Reverend Ronnie Roberts. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was a surprise. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I was surprised by that, but I was like, oh, awesome. Nate Gnarly. Mm. And Alex. Angel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alex Angel, when he came out, Tiger was like, oh, hell no. What have you done? And he cut a promo on everybody, right? Everybody. <laughs> that was great. Um, we forgot to mention, too, by the way. we got to go back Gary real quick. All right. Um, happy birthday, Gary. Yeah, happy birthday to Gary, by the way. Um, yeah, it's his birthday. And in honor of his birthday, we're going to go back to the Everything Legendary match where we have to dish out a little bit of... Uh, get your own you-know-what to a certain guy named Max Sled who started a everything chant. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't believe him. I can't. These two guys have been spending too much time up in Dayton, and now they're just, you know, they're first of all, they're making the fans stand outside in the cold, which is a total Dayton move. Yeah. Right? Second of all, you're starting everything, everything chant. It was so blatant, like... Yes! Yeah, it was... Bad. So, Max and Larry, get your own shit! Get your own shit! Come on! Anyway. Alright, so let's go back to where we at. Alright, so we are we are talking open challenge for the elite title. Our competitors in the ring, and Big Bad, Too Tall, gets on the mic and says, when I told our commissioner, Michael Cornette, that I was willing to fight anybody, I just wanted it to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And this is who he brings me. Uh, and he goes on and he says Lotus is just a guy that has way too much caffeine. Alex Angel hasn't been relevant in one to probably three years. Uh, oh, Nate Gnarly, you're a challenge. You've been beating Biggin since you were a baby. Who are you? I know who you are. Oh, my God, son. That's right. Beating Biggin since you were three. And then, yeah, so basically tore apart everybody. Said something about, oh, this guy from Hollywood. And then this guy basically just kind of ripped into everybody. And then the match started. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. What did he say about about Hollywood Adam Sway? He said, the only movie you've been in. Oh, and I, yeah. What was it? Uh, the only movie you've ever been in uh, was One Night in Hollywood starring Big Cubs. <laughs> Whee! 
Lots of gay jokes tonight, yeah. by the way. We were yeah, everyone was gay and, joking it up tonight. Interrogations. Yes. Oh yeah, man. So much, so much of that stuff. It's 2019 now. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, this was a lot of fun, right, Dean? Holy crap. This a lot is insane. Scrambles are one of my favorite things. I wish, like, I and really, like, because a lot of the guys were uh, NWF guys who were also, I believe, coming from a different show, we hadn't seen a lot of them at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. So I was a little surprised by some by the entrances because I was like, oh, yeah, oh, Swayze, cool, oh, Big Cousins in the Mass Shoe. And, uh, just different people, so it was a nice, I wish... And there would have been, like, one big surprise. I wish, like, Papano Joe, because he was there a couple weeks ago, and I missed it. Like, for him to show yeah. up and be in the match would have been cool. You know, a couple of different things like that would have been cool. But I did like all the participants, and, uh, yeah, there was it was a good match. It was a scramble matches. They put a lot of stuff into, uh, you know, 20 pounds of stuff into a 10-pound bag. That's tremendous, by the way. I love that. Yeah, um, you know, there were a couple huge spots, and, and I... I've noticed, you know, okay, so Brandon Taggart's been the elite champion for like a fucking year or something now, right? It's been a long time. And every one of these matches just makes him look like even more of a monster. You know, I mean, and, and like, he got all the big spots in this match. And, which is awesome, because he's the champ, and, you know, he was the eventual winner and everything. But, I mean, he got tons in this match. He got so much. Um, tell me a couple of Brandon Taggart's, like, huge spots. Well, to set, set up for one that I took a note of, we had pretty much everybody except for Brandon Taggart, Nate Gnarly, uh, on the outside. And then Lotus and Alex Angel came off the respective two turnbuckles and jumped onto everybody. Yeah. So that kind of cleared all that out. And then uh, Nate Gnarly went to jump out on the pack, and Brandon Taggart rolled in the ring. Uh, elbowed him in the face, and then he power bombed him over the top rope out onto everybody. That was amazing. That was so amazing. It's like I got video of that too, by the way. So that's on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, man, that was a hell of a spot. And you know, it, it's great too when we see a spot like that. We were on the way up. We were talking about some of the craziest shit that we saw last year. And the thing you immediately brought up was Brandon Tagger hitting the awesome bomb on ATM, right? To the outside of the ring through a board. Yeah. So Tagger, you know, remembers that, and he's like, "Oh man, that's that's my shit now." You know, yeah. it's awesome bombing, dude. So, you know, I mean, I hope we get to see that more because I think that is an amazing move. You know, I think it's it's just awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, after well, once everyone is kind of laid out on the outside, now honestly, the match got a little bit better. When honest, <laughs> Donnie Green <laughs> came into the match. Yeah. Now I don't know. He was announced as a competitor all of a sudden, right? Which yeah. is weird. Um, because the bell had already yeah, had already wrong and everything. You know, that's fine. This referee, did, he didn't know. You know, he didn't know any better. And, you know, the announcer certainly doesn't know anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's all... We but, probably uh, could have got in the ring of man. Now, during the match, the road home from wrestling. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, there was a point in this match where we had, um, you know, this. I think this was right during this spot. Because, you know, 
uh, Donnie Green immediately attacked Taggart, right? Yeah, because they were the only. He was the only yeah. one in the ring. Yes. Sir. And so he, they went after each other and went crazy. And then I think uh, maybe it wasn't here, but I just feel like the Taggart just like started cleaning the house, and like he hit a ridiculous um, lariat on uh, on Alex Angel, who did the Rikishi bump, and it looked amazing. It was like into the ropes. Yeah, remember I, that? Think that, I think that was a little earlier because I think it? he okay. hit. The, I think he hit that and rolled to the outside, and then he was on the outside, and he For got that, up in gotcha. the ring, and okay. then while everyone else was battling on the other side. That was a really cool spot. I just want to make sure we mention that. So, uh, But, yeah, tell me, uh, so Donnie Green gets in the ring, and he did go for a pin at one point, yeah. I believe, and I was like, wait He, he hit a, a power second. slam on... On Brandon Tanger, yeah. right at the ropes, and that looked good. That's a scary move for yeah. a big dude like that. That was tremendous. I loved it. Yeah, and he he did some of his shit. He came in, he went for a pin, but that's not, you know, he's yeah. not going to win. When, this is where everybody on. started getting shit in. Yes. This is the, the scramble match where you'll see where one guy will hit something, get a two count, take something. The other guy, two count, and then it's just a series of taking moves that would have finished it had somebody not been able to break up the two count or throwing you out of the ring before you could try and get a pin. I remember Lotus hit his finish on Swayze. Swayze hit his finish on somebody. You know, there was like all this crap going on in the ring. It was unbelievable. And Big Cuz was in this match and he was awesome in this match yeah. too. Um, you know, he did some of the heavy lifting on the outside with catching those guys and then he, uh, he I think he hit a big choke slam at one point too, right? I, I, I don't remember that part, okay. but I know that that's something that he, he went likes for. It. Yeah, he went for it at one point. Anyway, well, tell me uh, what how how the rest of the shake out. Everyone did a great job in this match. It was awesome. I know that uh, as the match was heading towards the end, Alex uh, Angel was trying to do like a German suplex on I believe Lotus or Swayze, and Brandon kind of came up and did a spinning elbow to the back of the head yes. and dropped him and pinned him. Woo! That was nuts too. Because when he did that, he kind of hesitated for a second, you know, like because. Alex Angel's head wasn't exactly where he wanted it to be, so he was like, he did the spin, and he kind of like stopped for like, it like skipped for a second, and it was like, bam, and then got him, you know? That was fucking awesome. So, sorry, Alex, but you know what? That means that maybe Alex Angel will be, uh, you know, going after that elite title. You know, who knows? Because he really did run him down at the beginning of that match. Like, yeah. You know, so maybe this is our feud going forward. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was really great. What was the next match? <laughs> The next match was the Kings of the Fight. Kings of the Fart. Kings of the Fart. Mm-hmm. Going up against Hayden and Neil. That's right, Hayden and Neil, the buddy cops who solve crimes during the week and, and wrestle on the weekends. That's right. So, um, you know, it's good to see them. I love that entrance music because it was like a techno. Beverly Hills Cop. This is the greatest thing ever, man. Now, this is the first time we've seen them as a team together. Like with me and you together since they did this, since they started this gimmick, you know. Didn't they? Uh, they beat everything legendary because they used the powder from the evidence. That's field. right. That's right. Wow, man, that was the one time. That was awesome. It was in the very early stages of it, and now they're way turning up to work cops thing, which is awesome. We love that. It's fucking great. Um, you know, there was a lot of fun stuff in this match, but yeah, that was. I mean, just. I don't know, man. Like you said, when a joke that we make turns in, shows up in the ring, that's always the best thing in the world. So it makes us so happy. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But, uh, yeah, so they came out. And, man, were you shocked to to see that the crowd was cheering Hayden and Neil? Yeah. 
That's like they hate Kings of the Fart so yeah, much. Yeah, they got to cheer someone. It's, it's not so their love of Hayden and Neil. It's their hate for the Kings of the Fart. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, in this match, we had uh, Derek Neal. All of a sudden, his hair turned white, and he turned into Ricky Morton in this match. Yeah, he got beat down for <laughs> beat up for a while. A while. And and instead of like in this one though, the the heel tag team was doing the ref distraction stuff. Yeah. You know, which uh, really a I don't know about that. Unfortunately, Foe was on Hayden because he kept letting the ref be distracted by yeah, him. Yeah, he was yeah. coming in the ring. And at one point, uh, the ref kind of was in the wrong spot at the wrong time, legitimately, where they were working uh, Neil, Derek Neal in the corner, and like uh, he's arguing with Chris. The ref is arguing with Chris Majors to get out of the ring. And Titan snap marries him and rolls him out of the corner, and he like somersaulted into the ref, and his heel like kicked the ref in the stomach. Oh man, unreal! Uh, you know, we got to see all those guys do their shit as far as like the Titan and, and Chris Majors. Um, what do you think about Titan's heel move set versus his face move set? I don't really have a big comment on that. Okay, well, I know he's your favorite. Um, but uh, he, I will say I, I like him as a heel simply because my biggest gripe about Titan had nothing to do with his ability to wrestle or anything of that. It had to do with that he was always the same character when I saw him at NWF, which was the Titan, the the champion that was always always winning. It was constantly him. So I do like seeing him as a heel because it's something different. He's pretty good at it too. Yeah. You know, um, he does a good job at that. And he was really getting into it with uh, Jr. Jr. that was sitting next to us there. So, yeah. uh, man, that was a lot of fun. Um, so, you got some notes on this one? Sorry. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of notes. Oh, well, I mean, we had Derek Neal. Derek Neal hits this tremendous calf kick, by the way, that he hits. That was awesome. But that was before they took over. Finally, they start, the bad guys start cheating. They take over. And Chris Majors really did some great work in this match, too, um, where, you know, he was hitting all of his signature shit, but, like, all right in a row, you know, like, while he was beating the guy down. A lot of times, you know, a heel will just do punches and kicks while they're doing a beatdown, but yeah. Chris Majors is working in all of his signature shit, which I love that. You know, that was cool. Um, we did, uh, during the comeback, though, we got a Canadian loss of consciousness Unbelievable by Alex Hayden. Yeah. He did the fucking, you know, it's it's. I don't know if they have jurisdiction to do that. Though. Well, I mean, it, it, they're not. Well, mountains. here's the thing. He wasn't one, the one that crossed the border. It was it was Chris Majors. Chris Majors was the one through the ropes, crossed the border. Okay. All right. So that's what made it Canadian. Not uh, you know. And so Alex Hayden runs over, hits a loss of consciousness, which is you know a code breaker on uh, on. Uh, you know, Chris Majors, which was tremendous. I love that. That was fucking awesome. So, you know, like I said, but, you know, here's the thing, though, Dean. Um, on these cop shows, jurisdiction doesn't matter unless the FBI shows up. That's the only time it matters, right? There is an episode of, um, of Law & Order SVU where uh, the cops go to Czechoslovakia to arrest a guy. Okay. They don't have... I mean, they're New York cops. Well, I mean, I think, I think if, if, if anything, you know, 90s TV, 90s movies, and now PTW has taught me is that you're going to have some good cops, you're going to have some bad cops. Yeah, it's true. What do you think he did in New York? Oh, they're good cops, definitely. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately, um, you know, it is my opinion that no matter 
how many Hayden Neals there are out there. It just takes one to spoil the batch. Yeah, one bad one. So, yeah. you know, they can they can do all the good cop stuff that they want, but as long as, you know, there's always going to be bad cops out there. You know? and, and it's because of those few bad ones that one of my friends hates all of them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We'll never a couple of my them. friends. Yeah, it is a couple of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, this was a lot of fun, you know, and, you know, eventually Alex Hayden did get the hot tag, came in, he started whooping ass, he did the squisher. You know, a couple squishers. That was great. <laughs> Love that. Did he get his uh, the double tap? No, he's not been doing that lately. You know? I don't know why. I mean, you got to change it up every once in a while, right? Do you, you like different? Yeah, different. You know, so. Remember, new print? Little. Yellow. Different. <laughs> I, I was watching a... It's uh, a Wayne's World. The, yeah, the, the, the game show network... And it was a very old episode, and this lady was talking about how she had a new, uh, she was working on creating a new pill that was supposed to get rid of headaches, and it was, it was little simple, she goes, it's a little yellow pill, you take it right before you go to bed with a glass of water and three Tylenol, and your headache is gone. (laughs) Wow, that's some ingenuity right there, (laughs) that lady's awesome. I tried it, it works. (laughs) Does it? It works? Wow. Take a, a grape skittle, three Advil, a glass of water. Yeah, I love grape skittles. One of my favorite things ever. Who won the match, Dean? Uh, the Kings of the Fort won the oh, match. They cheated. Gosh, how'd they cheat? They pulled the raft, right? One, they pulled the raft after they hit after Hayden and Neil hit a double team, which I am now calling police brutality. There you go, police brutality. Or Even though they're good cops, it could be sometimes. justified homicide or like uh, you know what's I think, it, I think that's a little too much. What's justified. it? What's it called when it's it's like I don't know. It, yeah, I'll have to think about that. But yeah, police yeah. brutality. We'll call it that yeah, for now. Yeah, yeah police brutality. Mm-hmm. And Chris Majors had been knocked to the outside, and he pulls the ref, yes. and the ref stays on the outside for quite a while. Yeah. Well, you know, he got beat up. And then uh, the handcuffs that were draped over a turnbuckle. Alex Hayden is trying to go to do a. Uh, German suplex. Titan grabs the ring rope to block it. Uh, back kick. Donkey kick low. Donkey kick low blow. Swings the leg back. Hits Hayden low. Grabs the handcuffs. Wraps him around his fist and clocks him. That's right. Unbelievable. And so you know they get the win, right? They got the win. Now, you know it's unfortunate. And Hayden and Neil were hanging out in the ring for so long. I was a little worried. I was like, uh oh. Already? You know, I thought they were going to turn on each other, but it turns out that's not the case. They were just really stretching it out for some reason. And, um, you know, but before the show, or before their match, you had a little interaction with Alex, uh, Alex Hayden, didn't you? Yeah, well, I well, came out, I gave, uh, he had the handcuffs, I, you know, gave uh, old uh, Derek Neal the high five, and I just put both my arms out for the handcuffs, because, I mean... And he was about to put them on you, but he said, I need these, right? Because yeah. they had the he had to get punched in the face with yeah. them later. So. so that's really funny. It would be great though if they, you know, when they came out, that they just handcuffed us. Like yeah. they had extra handcuffs and just for no or reason. I, I thought that when they came out, we could have done one of two things: either just put our hands up in the air and you know, peaceful, or turned our backs and interlocked our fingers and put them over our head. And I think that would be fantastic if it caught on. Yeah. And they come out and the entire front row just hands up. <laughs> Well, if they were ever to turn back heel, too, 
they could start ordering fans to keep their hands out of their pockets and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of stuff you could do with this. I, I really enjoy it, so I'm really happy to see it. And that was one of the one of the draws for me to come tonight. Honestly, was to see these two guys wrestle. Yeah. And in the promo video, like uh, Titan refers to them as wannabe cops, or yeah. So I hope this takes them to WWE. Yeah, I hope so too. Well, either way, it's awesome. So, all right. Well, uh, that led us to Double Intermission. And during Double Intermission, we got to talk to some more people. Um, you know, old Andrew was there. You know, Andrew Browning was in the house. We got to talk to Harold for a minute, Bobby Blade, you know, all these guys. But uh, there was another guy there tonight who I had not met in person, although I've had many conversations uh, virtually with, and that's uh, Lee G, man. Lee G. From Lee G News was there tonight covering the show, and he's kind of a member of the PTW staff now. It's a good dude. It's awesome. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, check so, out some of his stuff. Yeah, he's good friends with Chad French, so that, I mean, I know that automatically makes you like him, right? Yeah. So, um, Chad French is a good guy. He's fucking awesome. So, uh, you yeah. Try and make the rumble work. Gosh, ooh, we didn't even invite him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If we could send him the, the invite to the open invite bubble bell. <laughs> wow. Well, um, <laughs> gosh. Well, what else happened, Dean? Is there anything else that we didn't talk? All oh, the Humphleys were there. We got to talk to the Humphleys. They were they were great. You know, we were we were not a house divided. We were we were all on the same team. You know, pretty much. I, mean, I thought like, we looked good in what we were wearing. Yeah. Did you see how spiffy they looked? They looked outstanding. They looked fantastic. Tell me what they were wearing. Like these beautiful yellow shirts with like this in, imprint, like almost like those jackets with that seal, that crest. But it was the Road Home from Wrestling uh, private collection shirts. Holy crap, that's a crap. Private collection. Yeah. That's the, the Humphrey collection. The Humphrey right? collection. Well, I mean, you too. Circa 2017. That's right. That's right. 2018. It's it's a throwback at this yeah. point. So, uh, and you know, you could own your own. You could get your own shit shirt, or you could just get your own shirt, and that's at whatamaneuver.net, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they're tremendous shirts. So go ahead and get there. Also, we always have the stickers. So come buy some stickers. Somebody bought some stickers tonight. Thank you very much. That's appreciate much appreciated. So uh, those are always available as well. And you know what, Dean? Pretty soon, I think we're gonna do magnets. You know? Magnets. What? Yeah, magnets. And they're 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 like the same size as the stickers, but they're just they're like fridge magnets. So you don't have to peel and stick. They That's just right. stick. They just stick. You can stick it on your car. You can stick it on your fridge. You can stick it up your butt. What, Whatever what you want to do with it. you don't have a fridge in your garage for your beer? Well, I mean, you know, there's something that's superior to a fridge that I think, you know, you're referring to. Like, like a vending machine. That's right. Like your own personal push button, cold beer rolls down the chute right to your feet. That's right. And, and you could get your own vending machine if you contact Dean <laughs> it will make you one so uh, Dean you've been buying the vending machines huh? Yeah I bought two pretty cool. They're fun to tinker with yeah you like them? Yeah okay. I, I would buy and sell them but I'm not providing any type of warranty so I don't think I would sell them for very long yeah and the issue of transportation is really the yeah, main oh, issue so right? heavy <laughs> so, yeah they're fucking heavy but uh anyway so that was you gotta, you gotta open the tailgate reverse and then break. <laughs> Alright, so that was double intermission. And that led us to your main event. 
event of the evening, and the main event was the PTW Heavyweight Championship match pitting Lord Crew, the challenger, with Lexi Green versus the man with three letters before syllables, A-T-A-M, the champion, in a match. That was the main event. This was, uh, this was like a cross between a brawl and a wrestling match somehow. You know, it was like, like, crew wanted to brawl, but ATM wanted to wrestle? Is that kind of? A little bit, yeah. You know? Um, and, and it was very evenly matched, you know? It wasn't like, it wasn't like your typical wrestling match where it was just heat, 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 heat. It was, you know, it was very evenly matched with comebacks from both sides, you know? Um, although Lord Crew, man, he is, he is a jerk, you know? He is not like ATM. Oh, and, and we didn't even mention that MTM is running around in this in this uh, jacket that he's got. He's got a blazer made of $100 bills. Made of money. That guy has got so much money, I think he needs to buy another T-shirt. That's what I'm saying, you know? But, I mean, do what you want with your money. Buy, buy $100 bill ties and $100 bill jackets if you want. I just want a couple of those hundred dollar bills. That's it. Just a couple. That's all I want. He makes dollars and we just want some cents. <laughs> it's true. Dude. Anyway, yeah, well, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And so MTM was there to support his son, as usual, but he was not ringside. He was actually running around all over the place, you know, during this match. So there, uh, there was a part of the match where he was saying something to security that was like ringside psychology. He wanted Lexi Green to do something, but then he also, at one point, like, ATM was going to the top row for a splash or something, and he was like, just go for the cover, come on, like, and he was like, it's crazy, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, kayfabe is like, uh, breathing to these people, you know what I mean, it's unbelievable, why aren't you trying to pin him, son, oh man, well, I'm so happy that we know them, and man, they're so, uh, fucking learned a lot from that dude, so it's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so Dean, I, I know you didn't take notes because it was the main event, but do you have any kind of uh, things that you really liked about this match that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, there's something that we're going to have to talk about. I don't necessarily like it, even though I kind of did call it. Yeah, you did. So tell us, I mean, what was your idea of how this night went in? I, I had two different guesses, and one was more sarcastic than the other, that we would get a winner, ATM would win, Ricky Cardinal would come out, he'll turn, cash in his opportunity, pin ATM real quick, and win the belt. I also had the suspicion that we would get a ref bump. Uh, more crew, you know, there's a chair that's brought in, ref bump, whatever. Uh, MTM comes out of the ring, picks up the chair, he's between ATM and Lord Crew, and then he turns and he hits ATM. <laughs> Lays him out. And makes out with Lexi Green. <laughs> that, that was not part of my guess. That would have been funny. That would have been. Him and Lord Crew just start making out with Lexi Green at the same time. Triple make out. <laughs> wow. That would be fun. Um, but uh, that's not what happened. So after a very competitive match where both guys are hitting all their shit, uh, there was a, a really cool spot, too, where, like, um, you know, ATM, like, they were trading uh, forearms, right? Him and, and Lord Crew. And, uh, you know, an ATM bounced off the ropes and hit a super kick, and then Lord Crew bounced off the ropes and hit the, the, uh, 
you know, the Buddha Ragnarok. That was a fucking yeah. cool exchange. We, we also had the tractor pull, which oh, got yeah. a two count. Unreal, man. Very few people have kicked out of the tractor pull. That's right. One Maxwell uh, Sled has done it, and I think that might be the only person, man. Other than you know? ATM who did it today. Yeah, ATM, you know. <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? Mean? <laughs> Right after ATM kicks out of that, Andy leans into me and goes, you know the only person to ever kick out of that? I was like, ATM? He's like, nope, Max Sled. <laughs> ATM just kicked out of it. I feel like somebody in NWF kicked out of it, too. Maybe Titan, you know? I feel like that's something Titan would have kicked out of, but... Uh, um, but, and then ATM had hit his, uh, the Death Valley driver, but at one point, both guys are out on their backs. It's called the Fast Cash, by the way. Okay. Fast Cash? Is that mm-hmm. called the pin number? Withdrawal. It's not a thing. Uh, fast cash. That's it. So what else you got? Keep going. Sorry, I cut uh, you off. Pin I number. Easy withdrawal. Uh, well, the pin number was three, right? But okay. uh, that didn't happen quite yet. He didn't put it in right. Nope. I think he only hit the two. <laughs> uh, we get music, mm. and it is Ricky Cardinal's music. Yes. And he starts pointing. He says, "I'm cashing in. I'm cashing in." And we're like, "What?" So this this is after a double down where both guys has killed each other, right? Yeah. And so he runs in and you know and he tries to win. Uh, he tries to pin Lord Crew, but Lord Crew kicks out. And so now we got a triple threat match. And then after that happened, because mm-hmm. no one knew what was going on. All right. Yeah. Del Bass got on to tell everybody now entering the match, cashing in his opportunity. They earned. At the one moment when we needed him to be excited and say, oh my gosh, Ricky's cashing in. You know, during intermission, he's screaming into the microphone uh, about yeah, about the fucking, about, about just obvious shit that's just going on in the fucking sportatorium. Like, the concession stand is open. Oh, thanks, man. We, didn't, we thought it was fucking closed all of a sudden. You know, just telling the stupid shit that he's all fired up about. And the one time we need him to be fired up, he says, Now entering the match, Ricky Cardinal. That's exactly how he did it, right? Fuck. Yeah, I, I don't think we needed to hear from him at all. We know yeah, Ricky enough. Cardinal just can't hype him the match. I didn't need him to hype up the energy. I just needed him to not get, get his shit tell in. Tell us yeah. the obvious yeah, so. thing going on. Anyway. So Ricky Cardo joins the match, and then it wasn't like he he snuck in and stole it. So I think it no. gave him a little bit of credibility because the match lasted for some time more now as a triple threat. It did, yes, it did, and uh, you know, it was Ricky trying to do his finisher. That was kind, of, you know, like trying to get the finishing sequence. Trying to hit that you know, right? You got trying to hit the 2003 uh, series of moves. His uh, his uh, 2003 moves of doom. He was trying to hit those, um, but, you know, it, it, either another person would interfere or, you know, uh, they would just, you know, it, it just kept getting busted up. I mean, he did hit, like, a double team move type deal where he got, uh, you know, Lord Crew. He hit Lord Crew with a cutter while Lord Crew was doing, like, a headlock on ATM. So he DDT'd ATM, you know. Yeah, that was, that was uh, Lord Crew threw ATM into him and then did a neck breaker. Oh, that's what it was. Or yeah. wrecking it was. Gotcha. I'm going to do a neck breaker. You're going to DDT him. We had a, di- a big dive to the outside from ATM where Ricky barely got under him at all. Yikes. Uh, and then as they sorry, were getting sorry, up, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was literally laying over him and talking to him, and we could assume that's what he was saying. Uh, 
And then they got up, and Laura Crew came turnbuckle, ran from one corner, did his somersault over the corner onto him. Cool move. That's always yeah. a good spot. Love that. It's great, too, because he, he it seems more dangerous for, you know, like it seems cooler than just a standard dive because he's not diving out of the ring. He's already out of the ring. And for some reason, apron moves just have more more punch to them. I don't know why. They just do. So, because uh, it's hard for a ring, I guess. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so what else happened, Dean? Uh, eventually, we got all guys uh, back in the ring. Something had taken uh, ATM out, but he was still in the ring. He was still very close to where the action was happening. <coughs> Ricky hit the 2003 series of moves, and he got and he pinned Lord Crew. Yeah, he pinned Lord Crew, so he didn't pin ATM. But now Ricky's the champion. I don't know. The, 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 a lot of the PTW crowd really likes. Ricky Cardinal. Sure. I can't not see him as RC Sniper. Yeah, that's true. You know, bad dude. Uh, but uh, dude? I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not my thing. And we're not trying to shit on anybody. It's just, you know, we got the guys we like and we got the guys we don't like. Or, you know what I mean. It's yeah. not that we don't like them. It's just like we got our favorites. And, you know, Lord Crew and ATM are some of our favorites. So, you know, seeing them lose to Ricky, that sucks. And now Ricky's... Remember when he powerbombed my movie? <laughs> yes, I do hilarious so it's just unfortunate you know in my opinion and you know I, I don't know it was a it was a letdown the night ended on you know kind of a just like oh man I think ATM deserved his moment in the sun a little bit longer than he got it because if you think back to our first our first year or so of going to PTW the guy was Max Sledge right. he rolled through people and no one ever pinned him and then once he lost the title I feel like it's changed five more times it has. That's true. Um, you know, Reverend Ronnie Roberts had it. Then Lord Crew won it uh, in the match versus Abyss. You know, and, and then ATM um, won it and got it stripped, but kept it. It's yeah. It's been. It's just kind of hot potato, which is it's. You know, it, it's weird because, like you said, they had that one champion for so long. You know, and then now they're playing hot potato. But you know, I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. What what uh, a silver lining to it is is we saw the guys that are now fighting for the title, your ATM, your Ricky Cardinal, those guys are all guys that were together feuding for the elite title. Yes. So they moved up, which is opening that middle card belt up for not so much Tiger because he's already been at the top. I, I would like to see him going for the world heavyweight title and get to see Swayze, Lotus, Rex, all these guys or uh, Lex Montez, obviously, Aaron Williams. Bring those guys back in and, you know, give your new guys something and then they kind of shuffle the deck, per se. That's fair. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, the one, you know, the silver lining, if you want to look at it that way, is that this could be moving towards a storyline that, you know, that um, uh, Cornette Jr. is behind this the whole time, you know, and that Michael Cornette has been kind of trying to that he's really a secret heel and that he has been working to uh, rejoin the Cornette's army and all this is just part of that. You know, if that's the case, that's awesome, but Michael Cornette was nowhere to be found tonight. Which okay, is, well, who was the Cornette army? It was Ricky, Taggart, and ATAM. Okay. So, you know, I, I just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I thought, I've seen old clips where it's Taggart and ATM and then 
ATM was feuding with Ronnie, and they did this, or not with Ronnie, with Ricky, yes. and they did a switch, where then it was Ricky and Taggart, and then Taggart and Ricky caught, but I don't remember seeing anything with it being all three of them. Well, originally it was all three of them, and then they all started feuding with each other over that elite title. So, like, that was kind of the sticking point was the elite title. Although, for a while, Taggart was the champion. Yeah. was the heavyweight champion. So, I mean, point is, is that maybe this has something to do with that. And if that's the case, I'm cool with it. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, it just kind of was such a great night to end like that. I was just like, oh, man, that sucks. But to, to many people, that was a great ending. To oh, many, yeah, that's true. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love him. So, you know, but uh, anyway, well, Dean, what, I mean... First time back to PTW in a while. My first time back to PTW in a while. First time back this year. Yeah, what'd you think? It's a good time. PTW is always a lot of fun. I like uh, just the reaction we get from people. I like that people come up and talk to us. The only thing they had nothing to do with was the fact that I worked inventory late last night, so I'm just a little low energy. But the show always holds up. It's getting more and more fun when people kind of know who we are and, you know, that's a, that's a little small pat on the back. You just, oh, okay, we go here, and people care that we're here. boy, you know? boy. Yeah, attaboys are always... You know, I, at work, I have a folder in my email. It's called attaboy for, because my, my boss isn't going to give them to me, but his boss does, so I save those. Yeah. Those, you know, just to read every once in a while. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's always great to be at PTW. We love it there. Um, you know, it's just awesome. It's home. So, you know, we went back home for a little bit, and it was great. I hope, uh, you know, they, they did announce that next level four, so the fifth level, I'm not sure which level, I think that's the fifth, so if it's next level four, it's the fifth level, right? You don't know? No. Okay. So, because um, remember last thing... Well, they won't go next level and then next level one, you know, they'll do next level, so I think the, the, the level Six. would be four. Four. Okay, so next, so level four, next level four, uh, they didn't, I don't think they set a date, on that, they just said the tickets were for sale. They did say a date. I missed it, but we'll find out. I'm sure that's all over uh, social media at this point. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, Dean. What else you got? Anything? No. All right. Well, thanks uh, everybody for listening. You can follow me at uh, the, you know at uh, for Tweets. You follow the show at the Road Home FW. Go to whatamaneuver.net to uh, order our shit. And what else, Dean? I'm slowly easing back into Twitter a little bit. I I retweeted a couple of Andy stuff earlier today. I'm looking at it. Go on to your Twitter account at GLBTWO. Say happy birthday to Gary. Yeah, it's Gary's birthday. It's Gary's birthday. Go back. And if you do it tomorrow, you can just hit hashtag go back. And, you know, say happy birthday. In fact, do it tomorrow just for that. <laughs> do because, it well, tomorrow. Well, no, do it today because you are listening to it tomorrow. Which, yeah, so Monday. Do it Monday. So. <laughs> All right, well, every, you know, like I said, thanks so much for everybody. Pizza W, it's always great to be there. Thank you so much for listening. You fucking kidding me?